Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Melfuzz TV. I am Peter, and I'm joined, as always, by the man in the glasses, who isn't me. The man with the beard, who also isn't me. Uh, Matt, Matt's here. He's got a hat. Yes. That's different. Release the Kraken. <laughs> That's what he says to that, his that, wife. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once we get to Superman, that makes sense. It, it does, yeah. It's, it's it, contextual yeah. this week. Uh, also here, uh, well, Connor, he's Ginger. That's him. Yeah, I mean, the, that, that's the similarity starting in there. <laughs> what? Similarity? What? <laughs> you set your face. You Oh, oh I have never been so Connor appalled. Connor likes the red hood. <laughs> he does. Connor loves the red hood. Really? Already? <laughs> Connor loves the red hood. There's visual confirmation on the screen. How can you dispute that? How can you dispute that? I mean, I, I know I've not attributed the quote to him, but it's implied. It's the implication. We need to get Peter button. I know we can't control it since he does all that. But... <laughs> no, he he did say he we, we could have one once we get to fifty two. We can think of a button okay. for him. Yeah, and uh, and just just to because for a while since we did this, just for the audio people on the screen in the video version, it comes up saying "I love Red Hood" when I click the the corner button. Uh, but speaking of buttons. Hey, like what we did there. Speaking of buttons, it's a big week. We have stuff to talk about. We have comics to talk about. Coming up on this week's show, we have the first part of the button, Batman issue 21, Superman 21, Green Arrow 21, Green Lanterns 21, Nightwing 19, Batwoman number 2, Superwoman number 9, Deathstroke 17, Super Suns 3, All-Star Batman number 9, Trinity number 8. And that was the last one. I just forgot to say and beforehand because I... Because uh, <laughs> I, I have a the, hefty week. It is a pretty hefty week. And I, as we've been sort of... As we've been sort of doing, we'll have like six or seven, we'll get a lot of time, and then we'll uh, sort of go a little bit quicker on the on the rest. That's kind of our new system. Uh, but it's working out well, worked out quickly last week, so that's what's coming up. But we also have news. We have news to do as well. Yeah, they just can't give us a week off, can they? No, apparently not. Nope. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll make with a small talk, though. Connor, how was your week? Yeah, it was pretty good. I finally caught up on the, uh, the Star Wars comics that I'd been oh. behind on, and it's pretty enjoyable. It's... Is, uh, Such an Aaron story. The, that it was. Art. I didn't love it, but yeah, it was decent. What about Star Wars Al- Alfalfa? Has that still been good? Afra. Alfalfa. Afra. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's been excellent. It's, it's my favourite Star Wars comic at the you, minute. You know what I'm I looking hate forward to the, 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 the Star Wars and Afra crossover next month. Looking forward Ooh. to that a lot. How many issues are we into Afra? Six. Yeah, you know what that means. I'm gonna have to catch up before the thing because yeah, it's, it's, it's six great issues that you'll just sit. Spe- and speaking one of Matt catching up, uh, Matt, I do believe you read a lot of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps over the yeah. last week. Yeah, thank you, Connor. Right. Piece of work. <laughs> <sighs> shit, the work you know you're what? looking for is shit. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to keep it PG here. Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna last. No, it, it, I I hate that it's good. I hate that. I'm enjoying reading it. I still have to read last the most recent one yeah. uh, because right. this week's comics took priority. So, so but, does that mean next issue you're going to be talking about it on here with him? Most likely. Oh, right. most likely. Do, no do you agree that the Hal stuff is, you know, just bad? He can't write Hal, but everything yeah, else Hal, is kind of great. Hal and the Kyle stuff I'm not big on, but yeah. when we got to the, you know, St. Walker and Ganthet and Sade and, and Guy... Yeah, and just even Sornik and John, like it feels good. These are, I feel like I missed out on a group of friends because I moved away. And you still have that friend that's kind of a dick. Yeah, you know, and that's Hal, yeah. and you're just like, oh, Hal's gonna be Hal, but the rest of them, it it feels nice. Yeah, definitely. and and we we did have that issue where 
they couldn't resurrect the Blues because something was getting in the way to to damper hope, and that was a nice moment that was. I fist pumped because it's tying into the greater, you know, and the Arkillo and Guy fight. Connor wasn't kidding. You'll <laughs> never forget. So brutal. You you'll never forget Guy plucking out Arkillo's eye like it's a grape from a tree or from a vine. Grapes don't grow in trees; they grow on vines. I know this, but allegedly. <laughs> Yeah, just yoink. Oh, so yeah. good. Uh, cool. You, uh, you've been doing some catching up as well, though, right? Oh, yeah, I did. I, I actually did start reading Deathstroke from the start. I've read the first six. So, I'm, and, how, I'm, and how right were we? It's kind of it's kind of weird, and you're kind of like, why am I reading this? And then you get to the next issue, and this is why I'm reading this. Um, I, I don't like to give you to the satisfaction, especially <laughs> Connor. Yeah, that'd uh, be twice in a row, then. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, what is this? Uh, making us read stuff. Like, how long is it going to be before I'm tempted to read some of this Hal Jordan bollocks? Uh, uh, God damn it. Uh, how, how invested were you in John's Lanterns, Pete? Oh, a lot. Were you reading those? I, I read the whole thing. Month yeah. to month? Not month to yeah. month. I wasn't reading singles yet. This was. Okay. Uh, but when, when, I, when I first started reading, like, obviously when I started reading comics, it was mostly Batman and Superman because right. that's kind of your, your entry points. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing I read after that is I really wanted to get into Flash, but the Flash trades, half of them were out of print at the time. And there was, you know, the new trades weren't out. There was omnibus, no omnibuses yet or anything like that. Uh, digital wasn't as huge a thing yet. But the Green Lantern trades were all in print. So the first character from DC that I read, like a proper full run through, was John G's Green Lantern. Well, I wasn't finished yet, but yeah. it was up, I was up to like Blackest Night when I yeah. started reading that. Yeah. It's, it's very reminiscent of that. So I'm not trying to make you read it, but. How about I get caught up in Deathstroke first, and then I'll think about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Eh? How about, how about uh, that? We'll see you caught up on both next week, yeah? Yes. <laughs> Maybe Deathstroke? <laughs> I'm not, I, I read six of Deathstroke this week. I'll probably be up to I mean, date you, on that. You've, you've got two week. weeks to catch up on Deathstroke. You've got one for Hal Jordan, so, yeah, you know. But it's more issues. It's only like issue 20-something. Is it? Yeah, I lost track of what number it was on. It's only it, a couple ahead of Deathstroke, then. I've already had six of that. I've got a head start. <laughs> ah, you'll be fine. <laughs> All right, let's talk about that. Uh, well, not this week's book yet. We've got news. news <laughs> yeah, we got yeah, we do. News to talk about. Uh, so, CTE, C2E2 was this uh, weekend, and... Uh, there was a variety of panels. I want to complain about the second panel they had that they were hyping up on Twitter. DC Comics put out a tweet saying, oh, the panel everyone will be talking about uh, tonight at 6.30. So, I, and Connor as well, actually, to be fair, were like, oh, right, let's follow the live blogs. Let's see what comes out of this panel. And it was nothing but a repeat of the information from the previous day. Which is because the previous day was not from a public panel. And yet, everyone in the public already knew about it because they tweeted about it and you know even if because obviously the day before was from the the retailers convention with with diamond but then this it it went up online still you know they they put out adverts quite publicly like ew and stuff as opposed to marvel who banned the the press i think from their theirs yeah so that that was that has to do with the cosmic cube and changing history (laughs) uh... (laughs) but the only reason why i was expecting something is because these tweets hyping this panel up came after all that stuff so, I, I think rather reasonably thought, oh, they're hyping this up, people will be talking about this. This is not the same information as yesterday. I assume that whoever was running the DC account, or maybe they were pre-scheduled tweets, 
did not have the information available to them that it would already be public knowledge. Fired. <laughs> fire them right now. Or fire whoever gives them the information. But fire someone. <laughs> I demand it. Yeah. <laughs> you demand satisfaction. All right. Uh, so the actual news, we've been dancing around here. Uh, so Dark Matter is going to be spinning out of uh, Dark Knight's Metal. And this is, this is the only thing surprising about this is that it was really confusing at first when they were talking about it and we were getting the live blog info coming in because it was unclear was this replacing rebirth was this like a new imprint was this and it's neither of those things it's like a new line in continuity it's kind of like Young Animal I suppose to an extent where it's in continuity but it's not uh, but but it's more like the heroes because it's the whole point is, is that they're introducing new superheroes in this new batch of books mm-hmm. and they're all going to be a part or introduced in the the event now all the books are actually starting during the event they're not waiting until the event's done because the event won't be finished until like december january something like that uh, and these are all starting to roll out in september october november december all that kind of time so we got five new books with teams uh descriptions for me to read you uh, they, they went up and talked a lot about how uh, like we're naturally having diversity, we're doing this, we're celebrating artists. I'll be honest, a lot of this really felt like... See, everything Marvel said something stupid about in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> this is us well, doing yeah, the right now, thing. Now, obviously, this was all written in advance. Like, this was yeah. all planned, so coincidental timing. It's, but it's, it's, I think, but I think, I think part, the marketing of it yeah, is, I think is important. Part of the phrasing probably did capitalize on it uh, i think uh tynan or tinian have you what pronounce his name did mention on twitter he's james been working- the fourth james the fourth let's just do that going forward he, he's been <laughs> working on his book with jim lee for he said several months so clearly let me hope so with jim lee on <laughs> but <laughs> still only done with issue one <laughs> <laughs> so certainly all the actual books the idea of all all these things has all been in gestation for a while but uh, I, th- I think the fact that they're coming out and saying this is artist-focused, we are celebrating artists, and we're doing all these so artist it, interviews. The bit that really noticed it for me is they put out an infographic with, you know, this is what all the books are, and this is who it's by, but they didn't actually list the writers on this infographic at mm. all. It was just the artists. Yeah. Yeah. And it, also, it really feels like when Image first debuted, and it was all the mm. all mm. the artists getting together to tell their stories and... And whatnot, and it feels like this is a way to showcase the artists without having to tie up current stuff. So just give them their own things to work on. Yeah, yeah there it's... was there was even a, a video on Entertainment Weekly that they put up, and uh, it was all just from the artists. There was no no writers yeah. in there at all. That's cool. I, I, I like also that. noticed across all the various comic websites and entertainment websites, there was like interviews with just one of the artists from this project doing like a little three minute. You know, this is my history in comics. This is, and I'm excited about doing this book. And uh, I, I think maybe the, the the focus on the artist and the way they've revealed it's probably a, maybe a slight reaction to the the Marvel I th- I comments. I think it is because obviously they made the well, comment saying artists don't sell books, so yeah. they've made a point of going, "Look at the artist. We're going to sell it on this." I believe the exact phrase was, "Artists do not move the needle." Was the exact yes, phrase yeah. that was used. So, so DC is trying to move the needle, right? Trying to move the needle. Uh, well, they're certainly moving and I, something. And I think they will. There's. I just noticed at my comic shop I go to, there's much more positivity around everything that DC does versus two years ago. We were like, get your crap no. together, DC. And now we'll just, as fans, 
go, oh, they're doing Young Animal? Cool, I might check that out. Or Evan, Evan they're doing Dark Knights? Like, cool, we'll, we'll uh, do yeah, that. Yeah, they, they've, they've earned that goodwill back where we, yeah. until yep. they mess up and take the misstep, we'll trust them that they're continuing on the path. Exactly. So, first things first, all five of these books are launching at 299. And which is a surprise to me. This came, this came a day later. This was like the, the second day we got this bit of information. All these books Holding are going to be line. $2.99. And it's not an introductory price. That is that is their ongoing price, at least for now. Which to me says they're going to have to wait at least like eight issues or something like that before they can consider saying, all right, we're moving the price and up. Do you know what I think is the smartest thing about that? Again, going back to against the Marvel stuff. This is, you, you want people to try your book. This is, for, for all intents and purposes, most, if not all of these are new characters or at least some variations on. Yeah, even the ones right. that are based on old things are new versions mm-hmm. of the new characters in it. Right. And even those, they're not exactly massive characters to begin with. No. So you want someone to try a new issue one, let's put it at a lower price and not four ninety nine because nothing is going to turn someone away quicker than that. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I agree. Uh, so let's get, let's get to the books. Let's go through them. Uh, we've got five of these here. Uh, I've got them in the order that they are releasing. Uh, so first up, we're getting two in September, the first of which is called The Silencer. It is written by Dan Abnett, uh, art by John Romita Jr. Who, I'll admit, out of that, like, you know, here's the masterclass of artists from DC, and, like, there was one that was sticking out as, I don't know if I'd put that one in there. <laughs> and that was uh, John Romita He, he has a... Regardless of how much we like him or not, he does have that reputation still. He, he's a oh, name sure, drawer. Sure. He, he is. He is, but anyway, so the book The Silencer, here's here's what we got. So uh Honor Guest was the world's deadliest assassin until she traded it all for a chance at a normal life in the suburbs. Free from the constant death and destruction, but her former life comes back to haunt her. Honor must strip away her suburban persona and protect her family as the silencer. Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I saw an interview with Ramita and he did, he said, Yeah, it's basically female John Wick. Intra- okay, unsold. Yeah, that's not why. Joe, I, I can see that comparison. That's not how I read it. I read it as it's female a history with violence. The whole mm-hmm. idea that she used to have this past and then she's in the yeah. suburbs now and then she has to come out to protect her. Like that, that reminded me, me of that. Let me just point out that this is the frame of mind that that Pete and Connor view the world in. <laughs> Connor goes John Wick. <laughs> Pete goes history of violence. I, I just went with the words that 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 they gave me on this one. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that sounds cool. Obviously, Dan Abnett can be can be a really fun writer. Sometimes he, he can be a little bit repetitive, uh, but uh, I mean, admittedly, I don't think there's any book on this list that I'm not willing to try. But uh, no, obviously, I'm more excited for some than others. Yeah, but this this seems solid. Yeah, I like it, Silencer. Uh, Honor's a, a, a weird. I had to like just pause at the start of that description just make make sure I had the name right. Like Honor Guest, what? Yeah. That might be honoured mm. guest, like you're yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, uh, maybe that's just her alias that she's got now because she's like, and essentially witness protection because she's retired. This is like the alias she's picked for herself. I don't know. Uh, it's also coming in September. We have Sideways, which is written by Dan Didio and Justin Jordan, and art by Kenneth Rockefort. Rockefort, who of course this is, is about. Now... I was gonna say this is about two guys going to wine country. For a bachelor party, right? <laughs> uh, I, I don't believe so. No, uh, okay, I was that, going to say uh, I forget. I was going to say Rockefeller has uh, finally broken away from the clutches, the clutches of Connor's favourite writer, Scott Lobdell. <laughs> <laughs> Who? I didn't hear a name. 
But I don't... It, it's a bad time because like everything in the last five years he's done for DC has has been with that yeah. bastard. <laughs> I don't. I know Matt's seen this because I, I tagged him in it, so he would see it. I, I don't know if Connor mm-hmm. did. Uh, Scott Lobdell co-wrote a movie that's coming out this year. I yeah. will not see it. It's going to be curiously mediocre. It's, cu- it's, cu- it's just like everything he does. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, there wasn't much on IMDb about it. It was just uh, the reason why I knew about it is because Insidious Four got pushed, and like the, the, the in their slate, the companies replaced it with this movie. And I just clicked on IMDb. So I, I lose Insidious Four, a movie I was legitimately looking forward to, and you replace it with some Lobdell shite. Cheers. <laughs> I don't even know he did movies. Like, is this a Not first for him? Is this a you thought, uh, yeah, or am I? Am I just being presumptuous? Is this some other guy named Scott Lobdell, and I am unfortunately just assuming the worst? <laughs> I uh, mean, you could be, but it seems unlikely. All right, do you want to know what Sideways is about? Sideways, yeah. forever changed by the events of Dark Knight's Metal, a teenager struggles to live through the high through high school, the high school, the one high school oh. in existence, uh, struggles to live through high school as he comes into contact with dark matter and gains the power to teleport through the dark dimension. But each leap brings the new hero one step closer to the to succumb to the to succumbing to the allure of his new power and its dark origins. So it's basically uh, the, like a new sort of kind of like a dark dimension Spider Man. I'm getting from this kind of. Because you get a teenage, maybe Blue Beetle, a bit more apt comparison, but Spider Man's kind of the go to. It's, it's interesting character. that DDO is writing it with Justin Jordan. Yeah, I mean, he wrote the OMAX stuff at the start of the New 52, yeah. I think, which was pretty good. That's the last mm-hmm. thing I remember reading from him. Yeah. I think he had a few things off and on throughout the New 52. He also, though. he wrote a decent before, like Flashpoint. He had written a Batman and the Outsiders arc that was pretty decent, too, so. So I just think it's interesting. He's coming down from being co-publisher to actually put his name on a book. Yeah, maybe mm. maybe he just wants to get his creative juices flowing. He's, he's not been doing yeah, it well. Well, that's, that's what I mean. And it's yeah. not like you know he's taking over a massive book. It's something new and interesting. Yeah, I, I quite like Justin Jordan as well from what I've read of his. So I, I think part of it is that Didio doesn't want to like. He knows if he goes on a book with a popular character. He already gets so much flack and blame as the guy running everything. True. Like He doesn't yeah. want to be the one who directly responsible for ruining X character. So, yeah. uh, I, I like the concept, though. I, I like Teenage Hero dealing with things. That's yeah. cool. Uh, so then, in October, we have Immortal Men, which is running... R- running... <laughs> This is a shambles. You, you need to have another carbonated drink, my friend. I, I think I do. I think I do. It's just oh man. All right. It's written by James Tynion the Fourth. That feels wrong. James I like Ford. I like Tynion. Tynion sounds better. <laughs> James Tynion the Fourth and art by Jim Lee. Born at the dawn of time, five siblings find that with eternal life comes eternal war. As the forces of destruction march into the modern world, they operate from the shadows, recruiting the elite against the foes who they seek to bring about Armageddon. They are humankind's hope sprung eternal. They are the immortal men. Now, I love the sound of this one. I saw an mm-hmm. interview. It was basically uh, some nth metal at the, you know, early on in the world is oh, what right, gave, okay. gave them immortality. So that's how it's linking in. But oh, like, yeah, this, sound, this sounds really cool. There's these bunch of immortals, you know, fighting against like the, the anti Illuminati or whatever they are. I'm sorry, Matt. Was that was that hype for Macho Man Vandal Savage? Is that Savage? Yes. I butchered it. God damn it! I had a good joke <laughs> and I butchered it. Macho Man Vandal Savage. 
The cream will rise to the top. Uh, yeah, that sounds cool. Obviously, that, that's right. That is Vandal Savage's kind of thing, right? It's like survival of the fittest. Kinda, yeah. yeah. I think I think they stole it from Randy Savage from that awesome promo. Did Vandal Savage exist before Randy Savage? Though? That's the question. Yeah, but, but even, even the, if he did, when did they reinvigorate Vandal Savage into that? Did they look at it and go, "Oh, he's got a similar name"? Wait a minute. In a similar <laughs> look, like beard. <laughs> You know. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be all that surprising, would it? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised uh, Vandal Savage doesn't have a wave called Miss Liz or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Now, I need someone to draw this. So any of our our listeners that, that are prolific artists, please mock us up a Macho Man Vandal Savage. <laughs> Oh dear! All right. Now that's one, Cisco. Obviously, we've been uh, liking James the Fourth's uh, mm-hmm. like work on Detective recently. Jim Lee is a good artist, although I didn't like his redesigns for the New Fifty Two. He's actually a really good artist when he is just yeah. you know, drawing stuff. Yeah. So uh, obviously, Question. this one sticks out. As... How many issues do we get out of Jim Lee before three? We get oh, okay, three. three. I'm going to say he's going to stick an arc. He's going to stick the six, the first trade six. Yeah. When was the last time he's made an entire arc? Suicide Squad. Yeah, but he was doing like four pages. Yeah, he was. He, 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 he gave the page count so he could do it. So that he one did. doesn't count. He did. Justice but League. To be fair, that was double shipping though. So. Oh, I'm thinking maybe Unchained, but that hit Superman Unchained hit delays. Snags. It did hit delays. But he did do all the delays. issues. So. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking Justice League that first arc. I'm pretty sure he did all that and it was on time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think Suicide Squad. If you count it out, like how much he's doing a month, probably works out. Yeah, and I'm sure Jim Lee is ecstatic that you're fighting on his behalf, Connor, defending his honor here. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, in his defense, uh, honor guest. Right, we'll see, we'll see how long it lasts. But that that, that one does sound promising. Uh, then next up in October, we have Damage, which is written by Robert Vendetti of all people, and art by Tony S. Daniel. A decent team. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was there. So, honestly, know. the only stuff of Fundetti I've read so far is his Green Lantern, which I did not like, and his Flash, which I did not like, and gave up both after a couple of issues. So, I have kind of muted expectations yeah. of him that's so far. Fair. I read his Exo Manowar, a good chunk of that, yeah. and that was pretty great. Yeah, people yeah, love that's that. What yeah. I was gonna say. Uh, so, Damage, uh, Ethan Avery only wanted to serve his country, but promises of becoming the ultimate weapon leave the new recruit living a nightmare. Cursed with the ability to unleash an unstoppable monster for one hour at a time, Ethan only wants to live out his life in peace. But if he can tame the monster inside, it might just be able to do more good for the country than Ethan ever expected. So this is Hulk meets our man. Yeah, it's a completely new version of damage. Yeah, they kept his military background, which was something I liked that they did in... Uh, Earth 2, that he was like this, you know. Yeah. Because um, they, they kind of mixed up the Atom Smasher in that way, I want to say. They did, yeah. So I, I like that. But this whole Hulk thing is a nice new wrinkle. Yeah, and then obviously the, the whole hour man, you know, mm-hmm. hour, single hour thing is, is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is probably the one that I'm the least, like the, the, the concept doesn't jump out to me like the others do. Like, yeah, I'm not that's, sure. That's fair. Like, I'm, I'm just not as excited by this one. In, in that sense, it's almost the most traditional, though, out mm-hmm. of all the books. Like this is kind of like okay, it's a superhero. It's you know Owlman basically, but you know, crossed with the Hulk thing. It's kind of 
very traditional superhero stuff in that sense compared to a lot of these other titles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's damage. Uh, and then last up, nothing out in November apparently, but starting in December. Annoyingly, because I think it's the most interesting sounding one. <laughs> but we have New Challengers, which is written by Scott Snyder and art by Andy Cooper. It's a solid team, that. Yeah. Uh, characters live on borrowed time, running from death toward the greatest mysteries, wonders and terrors of the universe. It's a new cast, new mission, but the conversation with the history and the greatness of the original Challengers of the Unknown. The story starts with Challengers mounting, returning after having been missing for years, but only gets wilder from there. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down for this. This is crazy sci-fi adventures, and Scott Snyder can do his weird shit all he wants, and it won't bother me, because mm-hmm. it's not shoving it into Batman. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, go do your weird and, Star Trek esque well, monsters and that's, science fiction. Yeah, that's why I like the Wake so much because he could like experiment with storytelling and mm. weird stuff. Because you know, the guy likes to do his research, like, yeah. just reading his books. Yeah, like you know. So think of the stuff we're gonna get with new challengers, like pulpy sci-fi horror. Yeah. That, that, very excited. I think that's just perfect for him because obviously Scott Snyder's at his best when he's doing horror. That's when he is like mm-hmm. A plus do, doing yeah. his best work. I still need to read The Wake. Actually, you've reminded me that I still have it's, that. It's, it's excellent. You, you should. Uh, so, some of his best work. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I also like because it, it looked very The Abyss meets like yeah. Horror and then you've got Murphy's and, art, which is just incredible. <laughs> Anytime no those two work no together, my like it's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. So. Uh, now this one is probably the most exciting one uh, for me, based just purely on the concept, if nothing else, because it's so yeah, that's fair. It's so open, uh, but nah, so that's not coming until December though, unfortunately. So many a month to wait for that. But uh, so that's your five books. That's your five. At, at least now books. we know that we are getting some new books this year. Yeah, that is nice. And what I think is interesting though is that this, as much as I, I kind of said this at the start, but just to sort of clarify on it. This is not Wave 3 of Rebirth. Wave 3 of Rebirth is still going to be a thing that happens. Uh, yep. Presumably, I, I still think it might spin out of Dark Dark Knight's Metal, but it'll happen at the end of it. Like, it'll be a result yeah. of the end of that, rather than... like Whereas this is like, oh, we're introducing these elements early on in the event, and then they're going to spin out to these, these new characters. Well, like, we still have Legion to pay off. I'm just going off of the DC Rebirth special. Yeah. Right? We Legion, still have Legion to pay off. GSA. Justice Society. Shazam, maybe. I, yeah, no, there was there was actually that um, the rebirth panel mm-hmm. where they were asked about those characters. He said uh, Shazam and Martian Manhunter. They're just waiting for the right team to to have them show up. I think was the phrase they used. Yeah, right, right time. Like we're playing the long game kind of thing. So we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see when they pop up. Yeah. But the fact that they're actually building to it, because obviously in this week's books there's some more build to the Legion stuff. So. They are yeah. clearly sprinkling it throughout, so I don't mind if we're waiting another year as long, you know, because they're clearly yeah. building oh. to it. Also, on on Martian Manhunter, they did say that, that there's more to what it seems with Batman in in JLA. So really, really specifically, uh, if that's mentioned. what it is. I might have to do a backflip. Did did he did, did he specifically Orlando say that said, in relation to that question? It wasn't in relation to that, but he said that earlier on right. in the panel. He mentioned there was more to Batman than it okay. seemed. In, so and, oh, and he did he, he did say that that he was going to explain why Lobo was on the team. Yeah, uh, yeah, I read into that. I read that there was a he said there was, was a big reason for it. Which is the most, yeah. Yeah. Not, not to digress too much, but like, 
if that is Martian Manhunter and him putting a team together of humans, and that's why it needed to be humans, and then he pulls Lobo there, it might make me go back and reread that first arc differently. You know? Hmm. God, Orlando, please pull through. You're still good <laughs> on Supergirl. Like, <laughs> I really like Supergirl. Come on, JLA can survive. Uh, all right, so that, that's the Dark Martin news. Uh, solicits were also this week. I don't want to spend much time in this, but I did pull out some of the, the part ones that I usually do. Uh, not Deathstroke, obviously, because we did that last week, because that, that came out early. Yeah. Uh, so I've got, f- I think, four here. Just I'll just quickly go through. Action Comics 983 in July. Uh, Victor Bogdanovich is on the art now. He, he was doing New Superman. He's moving over to action, which is cool, because he's a good artist. Uh, Revenge Part 1, a beaten and battered Superman can barely hold his own against the revenge squad of his greatest foes, but hope rushes from the horizon as the Superman family arrives. That sounds like fun, and also sounds like everything in this arc that we're reading just now is building up to it. that, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, that is cool. Uh, Green Arrow 26, uh, Otto Schmidt's on this one, by the way, just uh, in case you were curious. Uh, Hard Traveling Hero Part 1. Unwilling to let another city yes. suffer the same fate as Seattle, Green Arrow kicks off a new quest to hunt down the Nine Circle across America. To stop disaster before it can happen, the infamously hot-headed Oliver Queen must mend fences with those he's alienated in the past, starting with The Flash. And I don't have it written down here, but I did notice the next one in the month after this, it's him and Wonder Woman. So it seems like we're going to have like a series of team-ups with... <laughs> Green, Green, Green Arrow get... and... Yeah. Yeah. Think we'll get a Green Lantern appearance? Ah, uh, yeah, maybe because that's green and green, so I they know. have to build. But then Hal's like pissed off though. Like, is he meeting I know, up? But with... a lot can happen in a couple months. True, true, true. Very true. Yeah. I just you don't. To me, you don't use hard traveling heroes and not throw a yeah. Green Lantern in there of some kind. Sure, sure. You know? uh, next up, Green Lanterns 26, Out of Time Part 1, 10 billion years ago, Volthum nearly wiped out the Guardians of the Universe. What power was able to stop him and where did it go? Learn more about the history of the First Lantern as Out of Time begins. Mm. Yep, yeah, makes sense. Cool. Given I wonder if that actually plays into Hal Jordan at the minute, because obviously that's okay. starting a, an arc to do with time travel. So. Maybe I'll be forced out of reading more of Hal Jordan if it's going to start <laughs> linking up more. <laughs> to be fair, it's only a matter of time before they cross over. I, I was going to say, knock, knock on wood, it, we're we're like a year into to Rebirth and they haven't crossed over. It, it's the longest so. the Lantern titles have gone without a crossover. Yeah. A long time. For a long time, Which I'm yeah. glad, actually, because it was a lot ridiculous for a while how often they were yeah. doing it. Uh, Justice League of America number 10, uh, Curse of the King Butcher part 1. The Ray never thought he could go back to Vanity, but the citizens of America's most depressing city have found themselves caught in the middle of a mystic feud between order and chaos. The mysterious force known as the Might Beyond the Mirror has been granting Vanity's greatest wishes. Disabilities are healed, romances are restored, and hope is rekindled, but it's not meant to be as a ruthless Lord of Order will stop at nothing to destroy the city's dreams. Don't know what to make Ooh, of that. I feel, like, I feel like you picked a really boring solicit on that one. It was because it was a part one. Uh, <laughs> sounds fine. One more. Uh, Superman number 26. Uh, Road Trip, part one. It's been an emotional and physical rollercoaster for Superman, Lois and John. The Eradicator, Dinosaur Island, Frankenstein and the Bride, Multiversity, Reborn, Black Dawn, a barrage of terror and horror. What does the family need right now? Yep, you got it. A vacation. Up down. Be so good. Yeah, all, yeah. All, all you really have to say is vacation. <laughs> you just yeah. left it at that. It's oh my god. Just so don't good. tie crypto to the bumper and forget about him. 
That's all I ask. <laughs> ah, that was a National Lampoon's vacation joke. Yes, it, yes, it was. Let's talk about books. It's time. Time to talk about the all button. Right, we've gone on long enough. So, first up this week, Batman issue 21, Tom King rating Jason Fabok on art. Uh, it doesn't mention him in the uh, credits, I don't think, but Jeff Johns did uh, help plot this uh, crossover out. So. Yeah, it, I thought it was interesting that he wasn't in the, the credits, actually, because yeah. usually the plot still is. Because he's like Manhattan himself. He's from the shadows. He's controlling things. Is he? <laughs> what if we get to the end and some more some like twist where it's Jeff Johns? <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, the one that's done all this but it's out of love don't don't put, he was very misguided don't put ids in his head i know don't do it right so Yo, if jeff johns is listening i got some ideas bud yeah. <laughs> like, go talk to me so this is the first part of the crossover a very very uh, full of homages to watchmen the nine panel layouts uh, spread throughout uh, and the main gist of this obviously some stuff at the start but the main bulk of this issue is the reverse Flash has showed up because he's, as we've seen from uh, that last issue of The Flash, he's alive, he is here. He's pissed at Batman because he remembers Thomas Wayne killing him in Flashpoint, and he shows up. And just after Batman's noticed that the uh, the button reacts to Psycho Pirate's mask, he calls Barry and says, Hey, things are happening, get over here. And he says, I'll be there in a minute. So the majority of this, this issue is Batman trying to last a minute in a fight against Reverse Flash because he knows that Barry's on his way. And, and Barry's never late. Yeah, and, and <laughs> <laughs> this is the bit I love most about the, the nine-panel layout. It stops being just a, a homage and actually becomes a solid creative choice. That's countdown. Because it really breaks down this countdown, oh. and you see just how long each second is feeling for, for Bruce in this. Well, and it, and it sets it up with a hockey fight that's going on that, for whatever reason, Batman was watching hockey. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was the one weird yeah. part, is that Batman that was, was watching yeah. hockey. You know, and, and there's a hockey fight that breaks out, which, you know, plays into the beginning that our mystery character is also watching from Arkham. Saturn girl. And is freaking yes. out. Yeah, it's Saturn girl. And, you know, she's she's freaking out because this is the start of, you know, if this stuff happens, bad thing will happen. Yeah. It will affect in the future. She, she remembers that someone in this hockey game dies. And we don't see the, the end of it, mm-hmm. but we see two hockey players fighting, like, really harshly. Yeah. And it cuts away. I did want to point out though, there is another Watchmen homage at the start of the issue with this hockey yep. uh, match. There's a you see like the circle in the middle of the ice rink, and then yep. the hockey stick comes in and it makes the the, hand, the clock hand. Yep. Just, yeah. Just pointing that out. Right. Very oh, well done. And Arkham's get like a smelly face in the wall. They're, they're really mm-hmm. yeah. all over the place. And I, I, I like that. That though, the, the poster yeah. just says Arkham is for healing. <laughs> The, the, yeah. other, the other thing I really like is that in the the fight, you know, occasionally it does those like during the, the actual like. Uh, you know, the actual connecting parts of the hits, those panels, yep. it goes into colours. The colours it goes into is yellow and black. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's my favourite page where it's mostly that. It's like, it's it's split up. So in the, the, the nine, it's like two, four, six, and eight yeah. are all just, just the yellow with silhouettes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really cool. Because you see that in other, other books as well, but typically it'll be, you know, they'll, maybe they'll pick red or they'll pick whatever. They'll pick whatever colour. But obviously here it's very, oh no, yellow and black is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you just have the streaks of red. Yes, yes, uh, is very very well done with the homaging. Uh, for for me, this issue was just really exciting because it was like the the fight is brutal. Like Batman's getting the pulp beat as, absolutely out of him, as as it should be because he's Batman and this is like the most dangerous speedster to ever live. Yeah, and honestly, you know, he's not going to pull any punches on Batman. My favorite line of the comic might be 
I don't need to win. I just need to last eleven seconds. Yeah, that's such a good line. I, I don't know the, the bit. I also like again. It plays into the the hockey bit at the start, yep. where where it gets to the end of the countdown and he goes, "Hmm, overtime." <laughs> He's yep. like, "Damn it, Barry! Why are you late again?" You're He's like, "Should have known." <laughs> Barry, I'm dying here. I'm dying here. Uh, but uh, super fight, super brutal. Obviously, Batman does outsmart him a little bit because he there's a whole stab in the foot thing, uh, which yeah. I like. But I, I do like how violent and bloody this fight is. Like it's, it really is just. I never knew I wanted this. Especially fight, coming but... off of Bane, right? Which was mm. which was brutal and punishing, but not like that's like a heavyweight boxing match, right? Where they're just beating the mess out of each other, but there's a form to it. This was like a street fight where you're literally fighting for your life. You know, yeah, there was you're... like I think it's because they were a bit more even in in Batman and Bane, even though yeah. you know it was kind of similar levels. He's still a human being. I mean, sure, some Venom, all right, but he's still a human yeah. being. It's still a human. Yeah, threat. Styles, yeah, styles pretty... make fights. You can Batman can handle Bane. Like you can, you can suspend your disbelief there. But when he's fighting a speedster like this, it is going to be elbows and and teeth and claws and. And, and he knows he can't win. He's just taking the yeah. blows and just going, I just need to last out. I just need yeah. to hold on. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and also, the other thing that connects it nicely to Watchmen in terms of the whole theme is the, the whole countdown, you know, one minute to midnight, that, the whole thing in Watchmen where it's constantly this yeah. countdown to this Doomsday event. So, again, mm-hmm. not actual Doomsday, <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so, you know, this, this whole countdown, the entire issue, it just feels very in line with that kind of that kind of thinking. Uh, so... So even if we don't get a whole lot of like, not answers, but like if we don't get a whole lot of advancement There's... on the Manhattan plot, at the very least, it feels like a big part of the story. And they're really right from the first page, it feels like an epic thing mm-hmm. is happening. It doesn't feel like right away. It feels that like we're in a big story, and that's that's really impressive. It's it, it's, it's, it's weirdly character driven hmm. on this one. Yeah, because it's just Batman and Thon and. There, I mean, very little story happens here. Again, it's a minute-long fight, told over mm-hmm. like twenty pages. Which so, I'm okay with. Some people really hate decompressed storytelling. If it's told well, yeah. I am all for it. I can be for or against depending on context, but here mm-hmm. because it's from Batman's point of view of lasting out this minute and how desperate mm-hmm. it is, I think taking yep. the time for that works for this particular comic. Yeah. So let's I talk agree. about how it how it ends. So. Reverse Flash picks up the button, he disappears, and he comes back, and he's like disintegrating as he comes back, and he's like, I saw, I saw God. And then he's like, he's mm-hmm. seemingly lying there dead. No, obviously he's not dead for good. He's, he, I think he's back by the end of this, this crossover he's quite half, finally. He's half burned, Pete, though. It's pretty bad. It is, <laughs> but Speed Force, bro. I don't have to explain, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Speed Force, bro. Uh, but it's very reminiscent of you know someone being disintegrated by Manhattan. Uh, yeah, and obviously it was a very blue flame. Yeah, very blue flame. So, uh, but no, just the, the idea that uh, like like now they, they like they have to take it kind of seriously. Like they see there's something really going on. Like you know Barry yeah. said there's some force out there that's altered things. Superman's kind of experienced evidence of it. But now it's like no, something just killed him. Like yeah. who who oh. killed him and. Why? It's always the main difference with Batman and some of the other heroes. Batman's very proactive, right? Mm. He's the detective. So, in, in Superman and Flash, they're very reactive. So, they're the kind of guys that are like, well, this is weird, but until something else happens, I'm going to hold off. 
Where Batman's like, no, that was weird. I need to find out why. And so I think this is like the best way to to start to unravel this story that was has been set up with like Reborn and Flash and even in Titans to a lesser extent. You know? Yeah. Uh it was a hell of an intro. It's it's, it's fascinating to me. Like, what are we going to do in three issues? Like, that's the only thing. I, was like, I wish this was like eight issues long because it feels like yeah. it's setting up this big epic thing. Uh, but I, I trust. I trust. There's, there's, a plan. there's also little bits like a uh, Bruce seeing his his Flashpoint father. Oh, of course, yeah. When uh, when the when the button sparks with the, with the mask. The, yeah, yeah. He, he sees Thomas Wayne like Flashpoint Batman for a, just a couple of seconds, and he fades away. Yeah, uh, well, but then in, there's in interaction Thon- as well. Yeah, well, and Thawne tearing up the letter. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, so that still exists, like, around, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think, we, we, did we see it in the, the Rebirth one shot? We did, yeah. There was, we it was did, in the, yeah. It was in the case, but just, or whatever. It's just nice to the, bringing it back up again. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I thought it was a really solid issue. It was very, very tense. You felt, the, the, again, the countdown of this fight and Batman fighting for his life. The emotion was there the whole time. The the ominous opening with Sartan Girl allegedly certain girl uh really sets the tone for this being a big deal mm-hmm. and like this could be the start of things and maybe this is why the legion's so messed up because timeline got got screwed with so then the future never happens the way it was meant to and therefore the legion never technically exists or never right. exists the way it's supposed to and yeah. all this kind of stuff and so yeah uh, really i shit. think it is interesting to see that in this particular story though because mm. it's like you know we knew it was somewhat connected but to have it in the button, I think, is interesting. Yeah. Because it's specific to now rather than just general rebirth. This It kind of adds the weight that this isn't just, you know, uh, Bruce and Flash. You know, it's not just the two of them. It's, no, this has got larger ramifications. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. so we've had Saturn Girl here. We know we're getting, in some capacity, Jay Garrick by the end of this. Yep. So... Oh. Also, I was uh, I was just looking at the final page, which is where the the credits page is mm. in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the we mentioned it wasn't on the front page. Johns isn't credited directly, but it does say special thanks to Jeff Johns and Joshua Williamson. Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm sure they act like a brain trust where they go, okay, yeah. Where do we yeah. have to be? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Tom King will be thanked in the the Flash issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Similar. Yeah. So. Which I'm I'm excited to see what happens next from Williamson. With mm. the flash stuff, definitely. Uh, art was obviously great here. We mentioned obviously the layouts and all that stuff, but the the art itself, obviously, Fabok's a very good artist. So yeah, it's it, you can never complain when he's on top form because it just looks great. Yeah. Uh, so no, really solid start to this this crossover. Uh, really pumped for the next next one now. So, uh, all right, that that'll take us on to Superman issue twenty one. Uh, Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Rating. Uh, I think Gleason's also co-artist with uh, Scott Godlewski. I think I think I said that right. Oh, yeah, I'll go with it. Uh, so, um, I don't know. There's no? just just Gleason on pencils in the in the front page. Oh, really? In the, in the uh, yeah, in the credits. Comicsology lied to me once again. <laughs> the trust is broken. I, I don't know if I can ever trust him again. Quite frankly. That seems to happen yeah. every few weeks. Uh, who's Scott Goodluska then? Why was he credited for? I do not see his name anywhere. Oh, comics all just making up people then. Just putting them in the credits. Uh, Alright, so 
the Superman 21 was obviously falling on from that. Batman has went missing in the story. We see Damien waking up at, you know, in John's bedroom and he meets Kathy and there's, you know, this is Garth, you know, because we can't call him Damien because then <laughs> leads and to the And gives him a card. Yeah. That's just... Uh... That's pretty funny. Uh, so, there's some obviously mysterious intrigues in here. We, we, we get more of... Uh, Milkman being creepy. Kathy, in a weird twist, has superpowers. Yeah, maybe, maybe this answers why she's not in Metropolis. Uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Which is a shame. I kind of like their relationship, but if she's going to be an evil little bitch, then <laughs> must be yeah. taken care of. She's just so creepy in this because she's got like that Village of the Damned vibe, mm. you know? And then she's like, like force choking Damien in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's a big thing. Uh, we have this mysterious new person watching from behind. Unless this is uh, the same guy. I don't know if it is, though. He seemed really different. But then, maybe he takes different forms, the, kind of thing. The Ink Man. The Ink Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. Then, at, at the end, where you know, when Superman's going into the, the house, mm. if you look in the forest behind, there's a lot of eyes. Yeah. Okay. So, it, it definitely implies there's more than one of these. Because the eyes are, are glowing purple, like Cryptos did. Okay, yeah. Well, that's maybe all people that he's got under his control, is what yeah. I'm thinking. Maybe even, like, maybe everyone's under his control. Maybe it's just this guy in the shadows who's watching and controlling things. Yeah. Uh, but he basically, to, to distract Superman and the kids, which, by the way, I love that when they're both on Superman's back when they're looking for Batman. Like, yep. Damien's up like he's on a ship with the binoculars. He's like, keep it steady, Superman! This <laughs> <laughs> is really funny. Uh, but no, the, the giant squid from issue two... Uh, or octopus, whatever it was, way back when, uh, it shows up at the town fair coming from the water, and Superman has to fight it back and puts it under the uh, the Ferris wheel and all the rest of it. And uh, mm. we get this this kind of... This idea comes up where the townspeople want it to be killed because it's dangerous, and Superman's like, no, we don't kill things, we're not exterminators. And then it starts to react, someone gets hurt, and John reacts just to, kind of out of on instinct and uses his heat vision mm -hmm. and kills it and everyone's like oh thank god superboy did what superman couldn't and like the doctor's being like ratty with him and he's like ah oh, I'll, I'll do the diagnosis here superman yeah, like, yeah of course uh yep. but no. actually i think my uh my favorite panel in this issue maybe is after this scene when uh, it's superman with the kids and Damien's like, maybe we should go back to the Dead Man's Swamp that you went to, you snuck out to before John, and uh, check what's going on. That seems connected. And Superman's face, as he's looking back over at John, as he's just heard mm -hmm. he snuck out the house, is just... It's good, it's, it's good expression work. Yeah, It's, it's it right angry there. disappointment. Yeah. And I, then John's like, oh, just uh, me and Kathy went out there for like a little bit. It was fine. It was fine. Some, some stuff What's he going to do when he finds out that he ate all that ice cream? <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, what's he going to do when he finds out him and Damien have been off fighting a measle kid and whatever well, else? And and I like this parenting style between Superman and Batman, mm. to where Batman's just like, yeah, throw him into it, let him let him get some reps, and Superman's like, no, we we work off of respect and transparency, and you know, if I say my these are my rules. So. Yeah, it, it, I think it really shows in the scene where Superman's off dealing with the squid, and then. Uh, the other stuff comes up. The guy's like, hey, Superboy, we need you. And Damien just kind of swings them both in. Yeah. And, and John's like, hey, but he, he said we, actually, we should wait. 
And, and Damien's like, nah, he got us dressed up. That wasn't for nothing. Let's take the initiative. Mm. And I think that, that really shows the parent stars where John's like, no, we should listen. And Damien's yeah. like, nah, we're here for a it's reason. The same, it's the same at the end of that scene after like he finds out and he's like, oh, wait. Uh, like he figures out, oh, maybe Batman was right to look into the neighbour and he's, he, he goes off, like, I'll do this alone. Uh, you two can stay here. And then the panel at the bottom... I like that this is a simple thing in the art, but they occasionally give Damien the Batman shadow where he's in complete darkness, yeah. even though John isn't. Mm. And I like that. I like that sort of like weird foreshadowing of like other, they are their father's sons kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, almost accentuated to a point, but yep. uh, that's, it's cool stuff. Uh, so it ends with uh, Superman getting into the weird, the weird house uh, that, that John uh, and Kathy had an adventure through a few issues back. And that's that's kind of the issue. Uh, I thought it was a solid, fun romp. I, I like the stuff that it brings up. I like obviously the big uh, monster fight. My mm-hmm. favorite stuff was probably the stuff with the kids. Um, I'm not sure about this new villain. He seems like it could be interesting, but I don't know if it's going to be a big deal or if it's just like, oh, he's just a villain for this arc, or is this setting up for more stuff? Like, yeah, it's hard to know at this point, isn't it? Yeah. Something strange is afoot in Hamilton County. Apparently it is. Uh, but also, if this is the end of the Cathy stuff and all that, it kind of makes sense. We've built up to it and they're going back to Metropolis and this is the re- this this arc is the reason why they're going to have to leave. They're going on vacation after this as yeah. we're in the solicits and then maybe they come back. Um, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Alright, uh, so that's Superman. That'll take us on to Green Arrow, issue 21. Benjamin Percy writing uh, Johnny Faraya on art. And I am so glad to have uh, Faraya back. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? His, his style is so widescreen. I love it. Uh, I love, yeah. It's even more notable, this issue, with like, uh, like every page for maybe like seven yeah. in a row was just those double pages. Yeah, most of the, book, yeah. most of the book's two-page layouts. Uh, and the way it plays out is that across the top of each page, you have what Oliver's doing. Uh, and he's basically just going to his dad's old secret base, and he's like searching yep. there, and he's, he's thinking about stuff as he's doing it, and he's surprised to find X, Y, and Z, and uh, all the rest of it. And then... But the, the bulk of the story in the bottom of the pages, the bottom two thirds of the pages, and it's a stormy night in Seattle. There's rain constantly. It's very atmospheric. Uh, really big yeah. part part of his art that works really well is how atmospheric it all feels. I love the the, the color shift between the top and bottom as well. Mm. The top is very blue and green, and then the bottoms yeah. yellows and reds with the with these certain greens that stand out. It, it's hot and cold. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it, it, it shows where he is, and then obviously. A lot of the heat in the bottom comes from chaos. It comes from bad things because it's all mm-hmm. these villains. Uh, Cheshire or some others. Uh, who's the bug oh. guy? Do we know who the bug guy is? Friars. He Friars. was the one that was on the, the train. Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. he's a mercenary, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Uh, but and he got like, away at the end uh, after the train crashed. So, so we've got Cheshire and she like, poisons a, like the, the pilot of a plane so the plane comes down and it causes complete chaos. Then this yeah. other big guy punches out the the foundation of a Brick. building, Brick. yeah, and it tumbles the building down. Uh, like, and this is basically happening through this. We go through all these different events of all these things happen. We see the mayor kind of like threatening to kill this guy, this like other like councilman's son, if he doesn't go yeah. along with him on the the policies. And like this is all building up to the end, and we see obviously Broderick at the end with his mask on, and it's all the ninth circle, and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to raise hell." And it's like when Oliver comes out at the end of the issue, and he looks at the city, like there's all the fire from all these events that are making the star. Yeah. On on the city. It's so cool. Yeah. 
So yeah, I love this issue so much. That was a really great issue. It's uh, a fantastic because we've opening it up to see Cheshire back, mm-hmm. who's a character that I really love. Um, I liked you know, how her, uh, her part was told as well. It was very intriguing because mm-hmm. it was it was her like bumping into different people and affecting yeah, it's them. Like, it was like, okay, we see what she's doing, but we we didn't have we get piece at a time. We didn't know quite what the end yep. game was until oh shit, well, plane just came. If down. you know the character, you know she's a. a a master of poison. Yeah. Right? That's her thing. Yeah. So you kind of think like, oh you can, man, you what's in those doing, bottles? Why, why these people? Like, what's the well, connection? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I yeah. just, I like how it was handled at the airport because you can only carry so much. Because her, her, her story on its own just plays out as a good little story. Like, her, hers or, mm-hmm. on its own has a big ending and it, it kind of plays on its own. Like, you yeah. could have, like, after that page went back to just Oliver and, like, told the rest of the issue normal. It didn't. Then you had, get to the next person. Yeah had all these other stories but you could have done that that would have been fine on its own uh but no i really I, like i say i think for me the big thing here is just is this feeling that the night like the city is going to hell on this one stormy night and yep. like that comes through the art so well with the, all the rain and the just the like even where oliver is in his, his life and he's just he's been so melancholic he's like oh the mistakes have been made and so uh what, what do we think of oliver finding the mask yeah, he finds a nine-circle-looking mask down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's not as scary as Broderick's mask, so I'm almost not. wondering if... If... if oh, what's, what's his dad's name? What? Oliver's almost dad? almost said Harold. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, Mr. Queen. Anyways... <laughs> If if Mr. Queen was <laughs> like part of an opposite group, of the yeah, I, I am noticing um, Broderick's is very triangular. It's very it's got these sharp edges mm. and angles, whereas uh, the one that Oliver finds is very rounded. Yeah. This is really annoying me. His dad's name. So I think he's <laughs> stupid dad. I'm googling it. Right, continue, continue your discussion. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah I, but I love the. Um, the whole uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse thing at the end. Yeah. Like, well, oh. each of them kind of has that vibe to them with, you know, with, with pestilence, with, with Cheshire. Yeah. In death, in war. Um, like, I'm sure you can find each one through their famine with, with Dominique because he wants to cut off everybody. Like, to the supplies. Yeah. That's what that meeting was. Um, which also, that's, that's Percy again, thinly veiling current events. That thing, which he's really good at. Yeah, he is. But... He, he's gotten actually better at it, I think, because it was. Yes. It's a bit more subtle now, whereas before yeah. it was very surface level. Which, yeah, there's you can have benefits to both, but I think I prefer it when it's a bit more subtle and it's just part of the story instead of hey, look at this. Yeah, yeah. You also, I think like, the whole idea that sets up these four characters under him is the, the four horsemen. Because at the end of the issue says next the four horsemen, so it's really set these. This, obviously, you've got the star and all that. It's very apocalyptic imagery. I mean, it's not the actual apocalypse, but the, this, it, it really builds oh. the Nine Circle up as this yeah. evil It legit force. makes a pentagram, though. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, because I, I think getting into this arc, we were, we were almost thinking, oh, they're going to end up calling Seattle Star City at the end of this, and now I'm not so sure, because mm-hmm. it feels like Star City is purely yeah. a thing from the villain's perspective. Yep. Yeah, it's, we, we were expecting this to be what Oliver did to redeem the city, or, you know, from his perspective, that he was going to rise it to that level. Whereas instead, it's the, the villains dragging it down. Yeah. 
And given but, that he feels like to go Robert on the run. Queen. I, I know, I, I seen that a minute ago. Yeah. I was okay. waiting for the conversation before I, gotcha. I jumped in. How did you get Harold from then? Because of that, that stupid Netflix show that very disappointed me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, yes. Har- Harold Meacham. Meacham. Uh, what a God, knob. I did that show so much. <laughs> yeah. Great uh, issue of Green Arrow. It I, was. I, I like this book a whole lot. This, this, it, it really feels like now. Nah, this is back on top tier after the maybe somewhat filler arc that we just had with Roy. Know, it's weird. It's, it's doing this like pattern. I'm almost worried about the arc that comes after this. <laughs> like, are we going to have another mm. small little thing? Uh, but then again, I mean, if if that's the price to keep the quality of these higher arcs as they are with these artists, yep. then um, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, the, 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 does this take us straight up to the, the, the road trip one, though? Because the road trip one sounds like fun. So maybe, yeah. maybe we'll get two in a row. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it's good. That's it. The, the road trip will still be a break from the uh, the city stuff because he's, he's off on his way. Yeah. You know? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just skimming through it again. I'm just looking at this. Oh, I love it's just gorgeous, isn't it? Book so much. I especially see the stuff near the start when Oliver's in the graveyard. It's like all the yeah. trees and like, ah, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. and that's the other thing. Of course, is uh, I always talk about this with Fry is his, his sense of motion. Uh, I'm just looking at the plane coming through the the window. Through the window, yeah, yeah. It's just incredible, isn't it? You you feel how fast it was going because obviously it's a plane. Yeah, such a such a sense of speed. Not just speed as well, but just the the, the sheer weight of it as well. Like you oh, can yeah. just see everything buckling under it. It's fantastic. Yeah, people do. Yeah. They don't have time to move. So I'm wondering, like, so. You're speculating that maybe his father was a good, like, opposite side of the Nine Circle. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I could see them going the whole he was evil and he maybe redeemed and that's why he was so determined to be who he was. And Or mm-hmm. I could see maybe he infiltrated because he was trying to stop them and that gives Oliver more of a reason to yeah. want to stop them I, as well. I can see maybe, maybe what if Oliver uses the mask to infiltrate himself. I can see that yep. also happening. Nah. <laughs> He's like, hey... Dana, I've got an idea. It's <laughs> like, that's a bad idea, Ollie. I'm like, no, no, no. I've got it. I've got this. Be cool. I got this. Yeah. I've got this. It's fine. Uh, no, uh, no, Green Arrow was, was really, really solid. Yeah. Uh, so that'll take us on to Green Lantern's issue 21. Uh, Sam Humphrey's writing and Robson Roca on art. Now, Robson Roca's uh, been good throughout, but the colouring in this issue. Puts it above and beyond for me. I, 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 that was one of my big takeaways coming out of this issue is how much I loved the art in it. I'm the opposite. I didn't really it off. It felt uh, like it was all of those panels that we got in Detective, right? That the the colors would go muted. Oh, you know? I love the muted colors. That's what I was loving. I, about I know. It. When you have it to compare against what else is going on, when it makes like a moment, hmm. but to have it be the whole issue. Especially when this has been so colorful and vivid to mute this all on this issue. Yeah. I, I have weird. a I have a similar feeling with this how I did with uh, Detective last week, mm-hmm. where the art is great individually. I think it looks fantastic, but in this run, in this context, it feels yeah. out of place okay. and out of tone with what we what, what I've come to expect it. as this book style. I, I think for me it worked though because it was kind of an emotional like climax, especially for. Uh, for Polaris, like his his character in this, one of my favorite pages is probably in his head when his his brother disappears and the spotlight's still 
they are. I, next I think to him. what I might have done is I'd have had the Polaris stuff in his head maybe be all muted. But yeah. then okay, the, the other that. stuff still be what we typically the thing expect. Is, though, from the I mean, I've been saying this since we started this show that I really want Green Lanterns to have a different colour style for a while because I feel like they've been looking the same for so long. So maybe for me, this issue stood out to me as oh, I've been kind of wanting this for ages. So the whole uh, issue of it being I, I different agree from, with that, but I feel yeah. like it's it's a weird place to do it at the the final part of an arc of you know twenty odd issues in of where I, it's yeah I, established. I, I see that I, I do see that complaint, but I, I left it feeling so like oh man this looked great that you know that page Wait. where Simon's trying to heal him, he's trying to heal uh, Palash's brother, and yeah. it's, it looks really nice, it looks great. And then the big money shots yeah. later on because obviously after his brother dies, Polaris goes ape shit. And tries to bring down the Justice League Watchtower, and that shot of it, you know, coming down to the city looks great. The shot later on of uh, them holding it up in space with all the, the construct looked great. Um, mm-hmm. Big money moments. I like those a lot. No, I, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't think it's bad by any means. I just think it it makes for weird, like Connor was saying, compared to the other issues that we've had. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I like the plot. This one. I mean, it is a bit weird. Justice League second arc had a watchtower falling down in its uh, earth plot point yeah but i'm going to forget they, they that. really need to uh have some safeguards on this yeah i'm going to forget that they though because this one was better uh because it was out of emotion and it was out of like anger like and this was like a bad guy like so pissed off at the world that he was and he, we know he's we know he can do because he's, you know, he's got magneto powers he can and yeah. and more importantly it wasn't in justice league and, and more importantly, it wasn't in Justice League. So, no, I really enjoyed that moment. It was like, there's like Cyborg's just kind of doing his thing, being, being telephone pole that he is. And like, he's like, uh, guys, uh, I'm losing orbit here. What's going on? Something's up. I'm trying to fix it. But then we cut to that so, big uh, shot. It made me notice, though. It is funny. Obviously, he has his own book, and I'm sure he's doing stuff in that. But pretty much every time we've seen Cyborg in any other book, it's just been him sitting in the watchtower mm-hmm. going through communications. Yeah. That's what he does. That's, all that's what he does. saying. He's a telephone pole. Yeah, yeah, but that's literally all we see him do now. Yep. Except I'm sure in his own book. Although, who knows? But no. Uh, I, I really like the, the epicness of the, the Watchtower coming down, though, and then them having to work together to hold it up. So that they do their oath. They actually bring out the lantern, see it, and all that. But one of my favourite little panels, uh, while they try to stop it, is there's a, there's a panel of them like holding each other's hand as they try to stop yeah. it. So that yeah. was a really nice touch. It was like really, we're really trying to like bring our strength together here to stop this because uh, everything's going to shit. Yeah, I, I also like to say with them doing the the oath together, I like that because it's been a long time since we've seen them do this. And obviously, at the start, they were very grudging that they had to do it mm. together because that was their their almost punishment. Yeah, and mm. uh, it's nice to see that now that's not a thing. It's just like no, we we'll just do this. This is how it is for them. It's just normal. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I actually like this issue a lot. It's probably one of my favourite issues of the, the the book so far. Uh, That's fair. Partly because partly I mean, this art's been quite good for the, uh, the emotional side of things. Um, does it beat the Jessica, you know, that issue where she's her anxiety issue? Probably not. That was a really like spectacular one, but uh, yeah. I enjoyed this one a lot. Because, you know, I had the action, I had the emotion, uh, and of course it leaves us off in some big new... I actually didn't expect this to be the end of the arc because the last scene with... Uh, Polaris is like him saying, "Oh yeah, this is the Green Lantern's fault that my brother's dead. I'm going to go after them." But we're saving that for later. We're putting that on ice yeah. for another arc. Because... And that's what I like, though, that he's he still has mental problems, you know. And the oh, death yeah. of his brother is only going to make it worse. But I like that it was that manifestation of Polaris going, "No, no, no, it wasn't your fault. It was the Lantern's fault." Yeah, and that's that's and it gives him a personal motivation too. Where as versus I am with the Green Lantern universe 
Dr. Polaris has never really showed up since I've been reading comics. Mm. So do you know what it's I like? nice that he now has a, a thing with these guys. Do you know what I like about it as well? I like how they've done this through this arc where they've shown in his head and shown him kind of arguing with himself mm-hmm. into personas like himself and Polaris. Yeah. It's given him his own thing. Like, he's not just another villain now to me. Like, I actually think of, oh, he's got this inner debate with himself and it's... He's like yeah, someone it's made him very sympathetic, hasn't it? Yeah, he? and it's give, just given some yeah. depth where I'm like, okay, now, now Polaris isn't just... He's a Magneto knockoff with a Galactus-looking helmet. Like, cause that's kind of what he was before. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, okay, he's actually a character. Yeah. I can see him now. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Obviously, the other big thing is it sets up the next arc is that uh, John Stewart comes on the rings. Uh, mm-hmm. if that's the correct way of phrasing that, and tells them, "Hey, uh, well, obviously we've been busy up here, but uh, your training is long overdue, so uh, yep. you're coming." And and then actually pops up my probably my actual one issue with the art rather like an actual problem that I had with it rather than just uh, a stylistic choice is mm-hmm. their faces on the final page I thought looked weird. Uh, Both of them, like the, the, the actual just the expressions of you know when the oh, rings yeah, are taking yeah. them. So the, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of shitting themselves because they've been dragged into space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just thought the faces looked a little bit weird. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Actually, see, see the page before that though, with the uh, with John Stewart talking to them. I actually really like the sort of the green hologram esque kind of look he's got. I do. Yeah. Except the reason that that I don't like it is it's also that on Simon's costume, like his uniform has that kind of green glow to it where normally it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it kind of muddied it a little bit for me. Uh. I I can see that, but it didn't bother me. I just think that is the light bouncing off of him, like off the yeah. the hologram. See, yeah, I thought that, but then if you go on like the previous page, it's still got the same sort of color sheen, and it it makes it a little bit less good for me because I'd, I'd like some more differentiation with the hologram then, because it kind of just looks like the same. Hmm. Here's my thing though: is I think they look better in this issue than they have previously, so I'm actually liking this look to them. So I can I just disagree with that one, kind of taste. It's it's not whether it's better or worse. It's just that I'd I'd like some more differentiation between the costume and the hologram. Oh, sure. It, but, it feels I'm, like they're the same, made out of the same rather than one being a solid costume. Oh, sure, costume but I'm, I'm saying it's a taste thing, though, even that. Like, it's a taste that you want that to be different. Like, to me, that's not a, a thing. It's not an issue. Because to me, the suit and the hologram yeah. are both made out of the same green energy. Yeah, but one is, is supposed to have a physical presence and one is a hologram. So, I don't know. If, if we're splitting hairs at that point, though. It's also this weird technology that runs off of willpower. Exactly. So. <laughs> it makes hard light constructs. Yeah, not, all right, not fine. just holograms. Yeah, just so. Quite, quiet, Ginge. Nay. <laughs> You've been silenced. Uh, but no, uh, I really enjoyed this Green Lanterns. It's probably one of my my favorites of the, the run so far. Uh, and I, careful, I usually... careful. You're you're in danger of this becoming your Wonder Woman number eight. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not quite that much. I don't That's know, a really good issue, guys. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I've liked any single issue of this entire rebirth as much as Matt loved Wonder Woman issue eight. I don't know if I have. Uh, everything I want but, in a comic. So, but I don't know. I think for me, Green Lanterns when it's this good surprises me because when it started, it wasn't that great week to week, like or month issue to issue, because it was kind of one of the weaker ones, and then it grew into a better book. And I still think I go into it every time I get one going, oh, this will be one of the, not not bad, but weaker issues I read this week. So Th- Those first six really set yeah. you up with those expectations. So so now yeah. when I read it and I'm really like, oh man, that was great. Like I'm like, oh, it's almost like an extra, just an extra little touch because I'm surprised almost, even though I shouldn't be anymore. But yeah, yeah that was a solid issue. 
that will take us on to Nightwing issue 19, Tim Seeley writing and Javier Fernandez and Minkayu Jung on art. So, yeah, this is obviously Damien's been kidnapped by Simon Hart, Dr. Hart. Uh, and we have Nightwing and Defacer uh, imper- impersonating a married couple, what, on a tour? <laughs> or something to that effect uh, in the desert yeah. in Egypt. Oh, oh Matt, 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 oh, Matt, what's the mic? And again, Matt's point. <laughs> he's he's posing as a travel blogger, like this pretentious, you know. Of course he is. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so they're doing that. They'll try to find where Hart is so they can get to Damien. Uh, this guy who's shown him around turns out to be a villain and other assassins show up and Nightwing and Defacer have to beat the crap out of them. Defacer's got like a rocket on her leg, so that's fun. Yeah, yeah it is pretty cool. <laughs> So that's that's pretty fun. Uh, they get to tomb and Deathwing's there, and after Nightwing cuts them with the, the you know the, the magic blade thing that you get cut yep. with that shows you your future and all the possible futures, uh, Deathwing breaks down. The Facer stays with him. Nightwing continues looking and finds hurt, and it seems at the end of the issue that he's he's jumped the gun and he's already made his sacrifice of Damien because like, he's he's holding him till dawn because that's when the the Ron path dies is... at dawn. <laughs> Uh, that was the that was the arc. Right? Oh yeah, uh, was it? I thought it was Nightwing Must Die. Yeah, 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 no, no, it was the. It's like a famous uh, from the Silver Age. Robin dies at dawn. Oh right, that's okay. what Morrison pulled that from. That, so I, I just that's funny because that when I hear that I think of Evil Dead Two because it's, yeah. it's called Evil Dead Two: Death by Dawn, but. What do you want from me? So one of the things I really loved about this issue was, um, it, I think it was uh, last issue of the issue before that it was calling back to where, you know, where he kicked the thing that was going to land on Damien. It was mm. really heavy and he was like, I probably shouldn't be kicking this. But here he did the save with Defacer where he he runs in and just grabs it anyway. Yeah. The, the big rock thing falling. And his yep. ankle cracks, but it looks a bit... Yeah. I can almost feel the, the heart <laughs> as he was holding it. And you get that yeah. close-up of the ankle and it's like a glass shattering over the top of it. It's like, ah. Uh, yeah. I feel the pain. I feel the pain. My favourite stuff in this issue, actually, uh, in terms of the art, was probably whenever it's in the dark. See when he's like wandering down the dark corridors of the, the tomb and it's like, mm-hmm. he's, got, he's, like, he's got his flare or whatever it is, he's light to light his way. I thought that looked mm-hmm. really great. I like, I like that stuff. Yeah, that was pretty great. There was uh, stuff in the fight with Deathwing later on where it did these, uh, you know, the... the extra panels of impact where it would go mm. black and white with just a splash of color really reminded me of what sorrentino did in the green arrow one with lemire yep. it was very reminiscent of that well that's yeah that's very lemire sorrentino they've they've done that in other books too in yeah. other companies it's like a signature but it's good to see it i like that you know it shows the force of impact yeah it's a nice little thing i i'll be happy to see that in in a few other places yeah yeah no it's it's, it's really good um and also, I like it when Nightwing's going down those stairs with his uh, his torch, and it's it's sort of lighting everything up, kind of blue like his symbol. It's all these like Daltrons yeah. of Nightwings and Robins. It's, it's like super horror movie creepy, like full. Yeah, they're just standing there. They're not doing yeah. anything. Yeah, it it really feels like he's descending into hell. Uh, yeah, which it kind of is because it's like a satanic cult leader he's going to find at the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah, because that's what we see at the beginning. Is is hurts. Fully on sacrifice somebody. Yep. Right yep. there. That's a great page. It's probably the best page in the book, actually, is when he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to give a new weapon. I need to forge a new weapon. Because he's talking about 
how you come back from the dead when you're immortal if you get a little bit of blood and he's so he's making all these sacrifices and he's like oh I need a new weapon and he turned the page and it's a giant like bird and it's blue and he's like yes yeah. the Nightwing and it's like just yeah. I, I loved actually just the, the page before the, that reveal with the, the dagger the knife kind of because, blending yeah. into the panels that's mm, the layout yeah. of, and the faces are in just inside the slivers of, as it gets smaller mm. it's fantastic yeah some good layouts I, I think uh I think my my general criticism uh, they are in Nightwing, and I've liked it for the most part. But when we first got the Fernandez, we said, "Oh, it's really good, but it's a little bit pale at times. Like the the brights are always when it's just yeah. all brights, it's a lot too much." And I think not as much of this in this issue, but I think it sort of accents that problem for me, where I really like this stuff when it's dark, when it when it's in dark places, when it's at night time, and yeah. Uh, and I like that so much, and it just it makes me think of those other stuff when I, when it's uh, a little bit too bright. But the uh, this issue obviously doesn't suffer from that that much. Uh, no. But yeah, so Deathwing's still around. He's broken though. He's like he's like almost see himself what he is, and like and that's why the facer kind of like sympathizes with him because she she recognizes yeah. the the turmoil. And I'm curious to see where this goes. Is he someone who's going to like? Is he going to flip flop? Is he going to like go evil again and like maybe they can get through to him? Is he going to become like a almost like Harvey Dent type of villain for Nightwing? See, obviously, Defacer, her whole thing since we introduced is running, the, well, not running, but being part of that group. Yeah, re- re- rehabilitation, yeah. We'll, we'll call it. Yeah, I can see uh, him maybe joining this group, perhaps. Maybe. And then we have we have Deathwing. Maybe you should change that name, uh, buddy, because he, he might change it yeah. at that point. Sounds a bit intimidating. Just just FYI, yeah. I'm yeah. Deathwing. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I just just a little extra thing. I forgot to mention it earlier when we were talking about the panels, but um, did say we'll be getting Raptor back at some point in the second year. Oh yeah, yes. The the so. convention panels, not the panels of the book. Just to, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. That's important. That's obviously at the end. Uh, Nightwing sort of runs towards Damien, and he, he sort of stumbles, and it, it looks like he falls into the darkness. And I think this is more metaphorical than it is. Yeah, he literal. looks like falls into the ground. Yeah, but I, I, th- I think it's a case of he's going to be out, and maybe the next issue will largely take place in his head, kind of thing, because it's talking about clawing back from the darkness. Mm. Uh, so I feel like we're going to go on a sort of more mystical journey in the next issue, which would be my guess. Which is cool because we were so grounded, you know, early on. Hmm. And now we need to, you know, do the whole dagger that lets you see versions of yourself and potential. And... Do, you know, do you know what I think is funny? I think when the like, the Daltrons first showed up, and I, I like when they turned out to be Daltrons, but at first it was like, oh, we've got an evil Nightwing and an evil... Yeah. Like, we're just going down like, the evil versions path. But because mm-hmm. we keep getting them, because we get things like him walking down the corridor, and there's just, re- you know, repeats of them all, and it's really creepy. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we make into like, his head next issue and he has to, like, fight even more weird versions of them... I feel like it. I've liked it more as it's went on because it feels like this real, like perverse, demonic, like taking of who he is and turning it around on him. Like I feel like mm-hmm. it feels yeah. super sadistic. And as we've got more of the actual story, it's justified more of it. Whereas if, you know when they, when Deathwing first showed up, it was oh, it's just a guy in a Nightwing costume yeah. being evil, which is fine, but uh, it's very yeah, comic book. But it, it's definitely got more interest as it's gone yeah. on. So that's that's cool. So uh, that's Nightwing, and that'll take us on to Batwoman issue two. Uh, Margaret Bennett and James Tinian the fourth. I'm calling Tinian. It's James the fourth. James uh, the fourth. Yeah, they're writing, and uh, Steve Epstein's on art, and of course the art was gorgeous again because Epstein knows how to draw a goddamn book. Yeah, he doesn't even have that much to do in this one yet. It's still just gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, basically, this was a 
I think this was an important issue in the sense of like setting up the backstory of this because we got a lot of teasing in the first one and it kind of set up the emotion of it but this one was like oh here's some actual facts about what's going on uh, so Sophia who's the, this woman that uh, Kate had like a, a relationship with on this island she like ran this place and kept all these different kind of criminals maybe not villainous quite but criminal entities at bay in this yeah they all live they all live in the grey yeah. like it's a uh... It's a Mass Eisley kind of a place. Yeah, and it's almost yeah. like this is like a Switzerland-like island where it's kind of like safe mm-hmm. zone and she kept track of it and kept control of everyone. Uh, so when Knife shows up in this issue, after, you know, Batwoman's uh, tending to the, you know, the guy from the last issue is like bleeding out and dying. Uh, Knife shows up and fights and she recognises, like, oh wait, I know who you are. You you were uh, Tamani, I think her name was, uh, from mm-hmm. from back when Tahani. I first... Tahani. Tahani. Uh, back when I first come here, came here. And... She lights this torch and like knife's like, oh, they're not around anymore. They're not coming. And then all these, all these like criminal heads show up again to sort of like save the day. Almost yep. like they still answered the call. And they got there pretty quick, didn't they? They did. Well, obviously, well, I think they were already there. Yeah, they're still on the island, yeah. obviously. But they they came out of their their hiding to come yeah. and help when they saw the torch. Uh, but it sets up this sort of mixed uh, this mixed relationship that Kate has with them because, as knife alludes to. Their their perfect existence ended because of Kate. Like her her time there when she left, that's when this all crumbled down. Mm. And that's when the corporations come in, which is whose knife is working for. She's working for this corporation, and we see them for the first time at the end of the issue. Uh, They're two seemingly very evil and slimy uh, bosses, man and woman. Yeah, Uh, same same related and some brother sister maybe possibly a couple that. Yeah, I I was thinking brother sister. I was getting that but... vibe. Very very Fenris. Is is it weird? That, is it weird that I look at them and go, you know, I'm getting brother and sister, but I'm getting incestuous brother and sister. Oh, it could <laughs> ra- be. Ra- rather than, you know. I don't know. I don't think they stand close enough for that. There's always space between them. <laughs> right. So um, see where Pete's mind goes. I, I've been watching too much Riverdale. Uh, I think that's yeah. that's uh, the problem there. I'm just I'm just. No such here. thing. No such thing as too much Riverdale. <laughs> uh, Connor's just don't want to turn dance off this week. He's just. I am. Yeah. Well, well, what can I say? I'm on that side. I'm on Team Connor for that. Come <laughs> <laughs> on now. Anyways, uh, I like that this island's become like it's like a Shangri La. Like mm. it's by itself, and it's like this perfect existence, and you forget about the outside world, and then Kate comes and somehow screws it all up. You know, yeah. like. Let's not brush over the fact that knife chops off that dude's hand. Yeah, and you get the close up of it of the hand coming off. But then in the next panel, the the hand's just on the floor. Yeah, like it's just there for the rest of the scene. So also, where did where did uh, Safia go? Right. Yeah. Where is yeah. And, and why? Do I like it? I like that. It's what's so up... special about this island? Right? Yeah. I like that it's setting up this backstory for Kate. It's given her her own cast of characters that are completely separate from Gotham and the Batman world. It's just her. This is unique to her. And it sets up this villainous corporation, this team of like anti-hero like, allies she might be able to rely yeah. on. Like It just it, it gives her all her own stuff that I, I think that she didn't really have before so much. I mean, she had a backstory with her father and her sisters, sure, but mm. this, this really gives her own world to like inhabit. Yeah, I feel like in the same way that Nightwing, you know, taking him out of Gotham is, is what really helps make him his own man. This yeah. is kind of doing the same for yeah. Kate here. Taking her out of Gotham, just doing, right, let's do something else somewhere else entirely, and let's build from scratch, and it it works. 
Yeah, I, I don't think there's any concepts that introduces here. I mean, obviously, we, we're not super deep in all these like criminals yet. We get a little description at the start, but I'm assuming yeah. we'll learn about some of them more as we go, as they become more yeah. relevant, and maybe what type of relationship they may have with Kate. Uh, well, there's the one guy, the bald guy who can't talk. He just uh, uses sign language, by the looks of it. Because yeah. uh, the yeah. other person jumps in and starts explaining what he's saying. Uh, the corporation is the Kali Corporation. Uh, I, Kali Ma. <laughs> I yeah. shall have to remember. But, but what is it? The eight hands. Yeah. Eight hands. Yeah. Yeah. I realise that you know when they go into the the boardroom at the end and they speak to knife the the big plaque kind of thing of the, on the wall with just the the eight hands in the circle with the the mm. eye gem thing in the middle. Yeah. Cool image. Um, so what I like as well, I like that when it goes to this uh, corporation, the color scheme completely changes. It turns to golds and blacks and yellows, and mm. yeah. it, it's almost yeah. like, yeah, we're rich people. Like all that before was all dark with hints of red for blood. Like, that's the dangerous yeah. territories. In here, we are the one percent. This is nothing but gold and th- that kind of stuff. And John was also, I think, is a, yeah. a, a weird choice on their part for their logo of these eight hands. They're all right hands. Because there's not, there's not pairs. It's always the right hand. Do you, do you think they're like racist towards lefties? <laughs> Connor, are you left-handed? I'm not, no. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's like, well, if you were left-handed, you just couldn't stay on the show. Can't be ginger. Well, you can't be ginger and left-handed. That's too much of a danger to the world. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> But no, I just another thing I like about the whole stuff when we go to the 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 corporation, the the Cali Corporation, is uh, the, the the who are thinking of brother and sister. I like that they turn around in unison at one point. You know, they're talking to their assistant behind them, and again, this idea that everything's like structured and regal and formed and everything's in the same time. Like it just it gives that sense it's, of it's unison. In the same way as, as I think it's like just a couple of panels later after they turn around, they open the doors together. Mm, like they yeah. each has one side, and everything on that page, like obviously the assistant awkward. aside at the top. Uh, all those panels they're all symmetrical in that sense where yeah. they're walking up the stairs together and the walls are the same on the other side and then yeah they open the door at the end uh, and even the next page actually is symmetrical yeah, the, that yeah exactly that final panel where they're just the, the lower half of their faces yeah mm-hmm. uh, with the evil smiles like ah Kate Kane's pretty little throw it mm. yeah yeah. so they've got a grudge to pay I'm, I'm expecting that uh, Sophia will be part of this corporation she's turned evil that would be my guess at this point. I could be completely wrong, but that would just be my stab It's that the or this corporation drove her out. Yeah. Yeah, so... But how? Yeah. That's, that's the question. Yeah, so... No, I really like Batwoman issue too. I think it's a, a solid yeah. series so far. I'm looking forward to see where it goes. All right, so uh, we will move on to Superwoman issue 9. Uh we're not quite in the quick section yet. We're, we're kind of leaving these next two up a little to be a little bit open because uh, this one in particular is the start of a new writer. Kay Perkins uh, is writing this issue. She's the new writer on Superwoman. Uh, Steven Segovia did the art. And I think I instantly could tell that we were away from the, the past writer because like instantly there was like a handful of panels instead of 50. I disagree slightly. It wasn't instantly because the okay. first page I opened it up yeah. and there's like ten word boxes all at the top. I was like, "Oh no, there's still a lot of word boxes." Okay, okay. And then and then it got less as I went on. But that that first page, it it felt like it, the exact same. I I don't I I don't think I'd say it's the exact same for me that first because I feel like instantly I could tell there was just less like. 
those first like seven issues, it wasn't just lots of word boxes and word balloons. It was lots of panels. It was lots of little panels, and it yeah. it was just so much yeah. packed on each page. Because even though there was a lot it of word made boxes, it and... tedious to read. Yeah, yeah. You know, not but... that I didn't enjoy what I was reading. But... Yeah, there was some great story ideas in there, but uh, I like this a lot more. This I, I thought this was a solid. Uh, not amazing, but a solid. I'm, I'm interested to see where this is going. So basically, Lana has been saved. She comes out of the Kryptonian armor. She's fine, yeah. but her powers are gone. Uh, basically, the the red energy of New Fifty Two Superman leaving her took her powers away as well. Like it's gone, and she is now on her own. She's kind of pissy. Like steals, try to like talk to her, but he phones Superman because maybe he can talk to her, and he's like, "Look, Lana, I know this is rough, but there's something coming." Uh, some threats coming. I need the whole. He actually uses the phrase "super family," which I don't know if I've ever seen him right. use that before in a book. Uh, but I'm going to need the whole super family. And he flies her into Metropolis and to show like what she's inspired. That there's people who care about superwomen now who are inspired. There's kids that are talking about her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he basically convinces her that she's still going to be a superwoman despite the fact that she has no powers, which I think is a kind of interesting direction to take it. And it's and it could be quite an definitely new for the super family. Yeah, it could be a, a very empowering little story about we don't need powers to be inspirational. So I think this well, book. And I, above, and yeah, and that's what Superman was was trying to get to her, but she was, yeah. you know, we know she has her anxiety and depression. You know, we we saw that rear its head through the last arc. Yeah, and. I, I, I think that she's such in a haze now because her life's changing so much. And I feel like that's what John Henry was getting upset about. He's like, we're, we're the ones that are here for you no matter what. Powers, no powers. But just sit and sulk, you know. And then Superman comes and I liked his whole conversation with her. You yeah. know, about what it means to, to, to be special but not powered. If that yeah. makes sense. I, I love their relationship, and I think this puts this book on its own unique. Because as much I mean, I like that Lana has her own book as well. Anyway, powers or no powers, because I like her a lot and I like their friendship. But I think it puts it in this really unique space where we now have a Superman book that it's about inspiring the same hope, but from the perspective of someone who doesn't have powers, from the perspective of someone who can be a hero without that. And I think you know, seeing Lana at the end of this, she run to save the kids and like getting get you know getting them out of harm's way and stuff. I, I can see this being a really interesting thing. Uh, also, they're keeping some of the supporting cast. Atomic Skull is still... Uh, he's now working for Maggie Sawyer. That was my favourite yeah, part of the issue. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, he's, I liked the Not a good stuff, cop. But, but the Atomic he's, Skull stuff was much better for me. He's basically a kid uh, trying to be a cop, but he, he lets his emotions get the better of him immediately. Like, yeah. She's like, right, only follow my orders. And then he, like the bad guy calls him one name, Remnant, calls him one name. And it's like, all right entire subway just explodes because he's atomic yeah. skull and that's what happens when he gets upset <laughs> and he even justifies it later he's like yeah i tried to follow your orders but he called my name and i just i couldn't have that i had to and at the end that. she's like well technically it worked out okay so <laughs> i guess it's fine i can't throw you back in uh, the prison yet so yeah. But... yeah i do like them propping up maggie sawyer i like that too as, yeah. as like she's the top cop and she tells him you know Keep it up, you're going to find yourself back in the cell. Well, like, that was something we really liked about this book from the start, was that we liked that it was built, building Lana her own supporting cast again, because it was it was Steel, it was Natasha, it was Maggie Sawyer. Like, it's given her own little bubble of characters that we can explore, and I like that. So. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, th- I thought the art was really good. Um, hmm? Standout panel for me is, uh, it's on the splash page towards the end, where he's Superman's throwing the car. I just think that looks fantastic. That was a great page. Uh yeah. I like that as well. I'd, it was kind of 
like uh, I, I think it's solid art. I, I don't think it stood out to me as much as some of the other books did because obviously, I mean, we had a, such a great mix of yeah. artists this week. It was possible not to, but um, but no, I no, it was it was solid. Uh, obviously, Segovia has been doing. What, was, what else has he been doing recently? Was he doing Green Lanterns for a little bit? Or I think it, so. Oh no, it was action. He was doing some action. Okay. Segovia was Either doing some way. of action. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I'm loving the just you know like Superman and Lana sitting on top of the farmhouse having a conversation. It's you know that Smallville feeling again, and mm-hmm. uh, not the show. Yeah, just his early years. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely like this more than the previous run. First issue aside, but I don't, I don't know if I loved it either. I wouldn't go as far to say loved. I I would say it was a solid new direction that I am very happy to continue with. Partly because partly because I, I like I like Lana as a character so much. But uh, I mean, I like it. But on a on a what is a now a very stacked week three, does it make the cut? It's not. I'm on not week three sure. After this, oh, is it not? No, they just moved for one month. It's back to week two. Oh, okay, well, that's less of a problem then. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, I, I I was into it. I, I'm glad with the new direction. Kay Perkins, of course, wrote the the Crucible arc. That was the last of the New Fifty Two Supergirl, and that was that was a really bittersweet arc because I liked that, and then it cancelled. They cancelled the book. Yeah, it was, it was the best that yeah. series ever was. Yeah, yep. which is why I was kind of excited when I realised that was who the new writer was. Uh, I liked I liked the Silver Banshee stuff early on. Yeah, that, that was, was a high right. point. It was but, fine, yeah. yeah, but I agree. Uh, up until Hell on Earth, it was like fine. Like it was a fine little yeah. book. Yeah, yeah but Hell on of... Earth was only about. Eight or nine issues in, wasn't it? No, it was like twelve. Yeah, oh, okay. There was two full trades because I remember liking those, and then then oh, okay. away. Yeah, I came, I came back for the Citadel stuff, which was the the school in space. As did I. Yeah. Oh. And then it got cancelled, which was weird because I, st- I stuck with it through the whole thing. But yeah. Uh, oh look at you! Do you want a medal? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was never that bad a book. Even at its worst, after the Hell on Earth stuff, that was. Oh bad, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, I actually I did go back and read the uh, the Zor-El, uh Cyborg Superman arc because it, was, yeah. it felt relevant. So I went back and read that, and it was okay. It was, it was a little bit clunky, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh, but no, I, I'm happy with Superman now. That's that's cool. Mm. Uh, I'll take us on to Deathstroke number seventeen. Christopher Priest writing and Joe Bennett on art. I did not read this. I'm I'm starting to catch up. I'll be there at some point. But you two have read it. Discuss. So, I get that he's an anti-hero. Yeah. But the dude crossed the line. Yep. And I'm not even talking about... I'm not even talking about, you know, sleeping with his son's fiance. No, no, that's fine. Or putting a hit out... Putting a hit out on his other daughter. Dude killed killed Roscoe, the dog. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Oh dear. No. It, it made it hard. Like I'm not kidding. It made it hard to finish the rest. I had to thumb through to see if the dog wasn't showing back up. Because yeah, like, at first it was like, is the dog dead? Because it's a little bit unclear. Yeah. You just see the dog in pain, yeah. and, and and I was like, oh no, no, the dog's dead. Yep. And yeah. this whole arc's about him. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he somewhere in between? And the wintergreen AI that he's programmed to sound like wintergreen. Is explaining all of these actions out, and I like that a lot about why he does the things he does. It's yeah. because he's so broken. And... Yeah. So I guess we should talk about the reason he kills the dog and what causes uh, all this. Basically, 
uh, Beast Boy shows up at the apartment to, to mm-hmm. talk to a power girl, you know, like say, oh, there's a new team together and uh, we could we could maybe introduce you if you wanted in because yeah. it's, it's not really his say. At we the have minute. a new, I like how he tries to describe Damien. We have a new leader. He's kind of much, but, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, and, so, uh, and obviously he recognizes Slade. And he's like, you, no. you, you, you know that's Deathstroke, right? That, that's a bad and guy. She's, and she's like, who? Yeah. But um, and then she goes and confronts him, and and uh, he has to kind of push her away then, because it's either he has to you know do that or he has to kill her, something to to make sure that it it breaks the change. So. He has to he has to make her hate him. Yeah. And this is what he does with every relationship, whether it's his ex-wife or son or Rose, even Billy Wintergreen and and his team that we've seen pop up. Yeah. He is just. We talked about this in the the rebirth issue about his about his older son. Yeah, it's just like you're a terrible father, you know, and it gets into psychology. But it's a real fun uh, sequence because I, what's her actual name? I know it's Power Girl, but uh, Tanya. Yeah, Tanya. She has this like entire city block that's like her headquarters. That it's a compound for her. And it reacts to like her size changing, yeah, which is really but, cool. Yeah, and and he's or oh, oh, the the Wintergreen AI is very impressed. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it's just from the outside, it's just a, a row of houses, mm-hmm. but inside, it's all just this one complex that's really cool. Yeah. And so she she uses her growing powers, and she's fighting Slade, and you know he's kind of holding back because he doesn't really want to hurt and, her. And she's visibly upset that. The, yep. She thought she knew who he was, and it's 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 not that. Yep. And we also got a good moment at the beginning too, where Werner Green has that gun from Deadline, which that was that assassin's name that we couldn't remember. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Deathstroke wants to keep it because it can take out Superman, but Werner Green's being like the like the voice of reason, going, "Well, it's an alien weapon. We really shouldn't use it for anything." As he's looking through it, which I thought was a fun little, you know, yeah. back and forth. Yeah, so. and I, there's a lot of stuff I really like in this issue. Like all throughout Deathstroke, he's he's pushing away Tanya, going, "No, I can't have her." But at the same time, he's like, "She's good at this. I could use her. Yeah. She could become a, a part of my team." Which obviously yeah. we kind of know where we'll that's see. heading now. Yeah. But it's it's interesting the way he's not just looking at her from her power set. She is he's looking at like, no, this is how he can utilize her. As a her, her tactical side, yep. But yeah. but he did cross the line, did kill the dog. So he did, he did, and that that dog. He was a retired police dog. Like uh, it's probably the worst and, thing he's done in this arc, and he's done some bad stuff. It is, and and we were so excited about him having this dog, you know, in the last couple yeah. of issues when he went out with it, and it's like so cool. But but no, not to be. So, and and then towards the end, we get that Jericho. It's revealed that he, yes, he was in a relationship with Doctor Isherwood. Yeah. When he gets a a happy, what was it, birthday text? Yeah, happy twenty first. Yeah, and uh, Etienne finds this, and none too thrilled. And yeah. then she reveals to him that she's been, you know, messing around on him with his dad <laughs> right before the wedding, which is still apparently going on. Because yep. Deathstroke's like, well, I gotta get to my son's wedding <laughs> at the end, and 
There's a foreshadowing of it looks like Etienne's bleeding out. Yeah, a... it certainly looks like that. She looks like she's in a wedding dress, doesn't she? Yep, and it says, you know, a, a Wilson family wedding. There's a stamp yeah. on there. That sounds about so... accurate. Yeah, so it, it looks, knowing what we know with this team that's coming and how uh, the the Lazarus contract is on the horizon, it looks like that's now setting up this where maybe he doesn't need to push people away and just be the ultimate a-hole. Like, he can actually work with people, and that's what needs to balance him. So, what yeah, you have to look forward to, Pete? Yeah, I think we've got one hmm. more issue of this before we get into the, the crossover. Yep. Which is obviously going to be this wedding issue, which I'm looking forward to. I think that could be a lot of fun. It's going to be like an inverse red wedding that doesn't just rip your guts yeah. out. Yeah. You know, it's going to be like, everyone oh. kind of deserves it. Yeah. It, there's going to be a savage artistry to it, I think. Yeah. Or they'll swear of you and it'll just be like Jim and Pam's wedding from the office and it'll just be delightful. <laughs> well, be... that's the case. The bride ends up dead somehow. So, <laughs> But we also know she's involved with Hive. So, and Hive has popped up in oh Titans, so... Yeah, yeah that could be how that sorts the links yeah. together. Yeah. But it was, a, it was a good issue, but man, they really want us to dislike Slade, because obviously we know where this is going with his, his mm-hmm. pop, like, personality shift, and this is like one last-ditch effort to make us hate him. Yeah. It's just, before we go into that, it's like, yeah. look how much you hate this guy before he like, has to go through this I feel like he'll probably be. I feel like he'll probably be the villain in the crossover. Like He'll be the antagonist oh, yeah. until yeah. the conclusion and we come out on the also, other side. However, also, just because you said that, I love that they, they're still playing up that joke with Dr. Wilhain, because obviously it's spelled uh-huh. villain, and every time... It's French. It's every single time someone says it, he's like, it's Wilhain. It's like, oh, it's cracking me up. So in, in French, does it... Does it make a V make a W? Because I know in in certain dialects, uh, I think in, it in does. Europe, and German there's... W is a pronounced with a V. Yeah, because because a guy I work with from Bosnia and he does the same thing. He calls water water in veal wheel, and it's weird because you're just transposing them. So I, I never knew about that in French though. So when he says it's Will Hain, yeah, it's pretty great. All right, let's uh, get on to the last few books then. This is going to be a little bit quicker. Uh, no harsh time limits, but we're going to keep these condensed down to about four or five minutes each. First up, Super Sons number three, Peter J. Tomasi, writing Jorge Jimenez on art. So this was a continuation of this arc, obviously. Uh, turns out Batman and Superman, who showed up at the end of the last issue, were actually robots, and yep. we can fight them freely and kill them and stuff. But the girl that they found, Sarah, she turns out to be also a robot later on, but it's still her in the body. But basically, this Amazo kid, this little shit, mm-hmm. this ginger little asshole, has basically... Kid Amazo. Kid Amazo. He has been making robots of his family members so he can kill them over and over again. So, <laughs> did he kill them first and now he's making robots to do the end? Or is he just taking his frustrations out on his family uh, and has them hold up there? Not, like it's wish for a moment. At least not her, because yeah. she says there's still time to save the real me. Because that's yeah. kind of how we, we leave off as Batman and... Oh, not Batman. Uh, yeah. Robin and Superboy run off yeah. to try and save the real her. Uh, my favourite stuff in this issue, not surprisingly, is the banter between the two. Uh, especially when uh, oh. Superboy calls Robin uh, the Dark Knight and various other things. He's like, he keeps bringing up the Teen Titans and then Damon's like, oh, you're just upset you weren't invited. 
He's like, I wouldn't want to join your team anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was he goes, well, stuff. I would be on it. He's like, well, I would invite you, but you're like 10 and it's Teen Titans. Yeah. You don't qualify. It's, it's fun given that we kind of know where this is going as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, yep. it, it's super fun. Uh, some of my favorite moments are... Uh, so Sarah rides on like, Superboy's back, like he has like kind of piggyback as they're running away, mm-hmm. and then later on, after Damien's bike blows up and Damien's pissed because he just made modifications to it, then he rides on Superboy's back. But the, the yeah. difference between the two, because Damien like gives orders, like yeah. right, stop, or you know, he, he calls out like commands. he did with Superman, exactly. In... Yeah, yeah, it's just who Damien is. He's such a little shit, and I love it. Yeah, so consistent. Yeah. It's good. Uh, but that was kind of it. It wasn't. It was kind of advancing the plot. It was setting up. We got a little bit of exposition from her about what her brother's up to, and we find yeah. out that maybe that that really brutal murder scene from the first issue might not have been actual people dying. It might have been robots, so it might not have been as dark as it seemed. But yeah. it's still pretty creepy what he's doing. Yes, very much. And it's very much that that kid in the Twilight Zone movie of "It's a Good Life." You know, he has unlimited power, and he just wants people to do what he wants. And mm. that's all that matters. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the robot version of her stays there to hold off the uh, the other robots that are coming after him because uh, the other robots turn into Superboy and Robin bots, uh, and they come after them. And we, we end in a big fight. It, this is a fun issue. It's uh, nothing super deep, but the characters are really fun. the The art's really good as it's been very expressive for both those characters. Uh, them making faces each other and being uh, probably my favorite bit of art actually is when uh, it's uh, basically all throughout the whole issue. John's trying to convince Damien we should call her dads. We should get the Justice League. This is a big yeah. thing that's going on. And when shit really hits the fan after the bike explodes, after everything's happened, all these robots are coming at them. Damien finally turns around and says, "Maybe we should have c- called her dads. Maybe you were right." And he's like, "Oh, thanks." Like I said, maybe. Uh, just, just they're, looking at, maybe. they're looking at their faces as they're kind of like he's kind of admitting yeah. maybe we should have called in the reinforcements mm-hmm. it's pretty fun but no, it's, it's a really fun book yeah looking forward to more mm-hmm. alright so that'll uh, move on to All-Star Batman number 9 Scott Snyder uh, and Jacques is uh, the art on this is that correct? yeah, yeah. I picked yeah. a hell of a one to not read first didn't I? Uh, uh, obviously Francesco Francavilla is on the backup I did not read this issue it was my last one at least for now because I get sick of reading this um, anyone who's been listening to the show knows that I've not been liking it yeah. so uh, over to you two so just before we go into the plot yeah. I just want to know how we feel on this because I feel like we're probably not wasn't, in sync on this one wasn't a fan if Albuquerque wasn't doing the next arc I would be with Pete and not be reading it. But alternatively, I'm very I kind loyal. of love this issue. <sighs> Again, it's not terrible. It's just was a... it doesn't feel like it's the same Roz that we got in Detective. Uh, no, like and this that, is an that's a legitimate pocket complaint. universe. Like, and just the whole Roz's whole plan, I don't quite get. Like, what he's is Roz using doing? all of the different. So he. he he manipulated all of the villains to create this thing from ha- to happen, and now it's going to spread across the U.S. But you also clued in Batman to what was going on, so like you wanted to fight him. Like I wasn't sure. I, I think it was he had to maybe he had to prove that he he was better than Batman. Like he he can't just sneak around him. He's he's got to have this almost level footing where 
he's got to give Batman a chance and then still beat him to prove that he kind of deserved this win almost. I I still don't. It's it's a lot of reaches for for it to work out because I I get that this was a showcase arc, like we're gonna show different artists and different villains and yeah. And I like the twist with the Blackhawks, that the Blackhawks weren't actually the Blackhawks. They were Oz's nice. guys. Yeah. You know, and so that teases we might have a real Blackhawks team. Yeah, that was nice because we were a little bit concerned so, about that last issue. Yeah. So I like that a lot. But it, yeah, I just, it, it's everything I don't like in Snyder. It was really wordy. And it was, I mean, the art's fantastic because it's jock. Like that, cause that also, thing. Raz looks great in a tux. He does, but I don't know if I like it. I like the no. animated series version that's like in a like a green and, and leopard lapel yeah. tux. So yeah, but this is a very classic tux, isn't it? And and then what? you've got Ubu there as well in one. It's like huh, yeah, well, okay. and that, also it doesn't feel like Ubu. Like this guy just feels like a yeah. He's very much like Bane in Dark Knight Rises, to where he's a big guy, but he's not like this big hulking bald. Yeah, you know? that's true. He, very much henchman syndrome, but uh, I do think my biggest complaint with this issue is that you, you're right; it doesn't feel like the same versions we've just had in Detective. It feels like it's separate, and m- maybe they can rectify this a bit later on with it. You know, maybe tying in a bit more and references, but for now, it does feel very you know, pocket mm. universe. Yeah, well, I mean, other than a couple of references, I think to like Duke training. Right, which by the way, Duke himself barely pops up anywhere else either. But it, it, yeah. All Star, at least when I was reading it, always felt like it, it might like. I mean, it's technically in continuity, but it kind of feels separate from everything else. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it yeah. does. And yeah. That, Again, go ahead, Connor. Uh, I was just going to say, I I think the plan is a bit overly complicated. Perhaps that's yeah. kind of maybe a, a symptom of what Snyder's been like lately. It where maybe it doesn't I, I need to be this like... He wrote each issue and then wrote this one. How can I tie it all together? Like he had Roz in mind, but like I still don't yeah. like the the Jervis tech. I I don't quite understand. Like I get that issue going into Batman's mind, but how it plays into the overall story. No, I agree. That issue feels a bit off. Still, it's de- that's definitely the weakest point of this arc for me. Yeah. That issue because uh, the other ones they felt a bit disconnected, but this mm-hmm. does tie them in quite nicely. At least those first well, I, two. Yeah. I got the freeze to Ivy, and I that transition worked. Like, yeah, because you would go to her to try to stop this biological agent, and then it turns out that they were just using her to get another biological agent. So, yeah. But then you go to the the, the Jervis Mad Hatter stuff, yeah. and then do, do Roz, you know what I feel like to like, me that Mad Hatter one? It felt at that point like he was trying to justify like the, the plot was just to justify going around villain to villain, and the first couple yeah. made sense. But then it was like, oh, this loosely gets exactly. me to this next villain. And it loosely gets that to that this one next did. But then this one is like, if you cut out that Mad Hatter issue, I feel like this would be yeah. a much tighter arc. Yeah. I, I agree there. Because you, you don't need that exploration of Batman and what makes Batman tick. Because now, had they, had they foreshadowed Roz there, I think it would have been cool. And the only way I knew Roz was coming was because we had read Detective. Because this was late. Yeah, you know, because uh, it mentioned that box. Yeah, it mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we just did this in All Star. <laughs> so, so maybe it was written to give a big surprise, like you don't see that it was Roz, because even yeah. even the reveal here, he's a dude in a tux. Like, yeah, think, it, does, oh, it doesn't look like Roz at politician. first. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Uh, it's definitely flawed, and it's it's my least favorite of the bat books that I read for sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to beat up on it too much because the jock art is fantastic. Oh, that bit with uh, when Batman's coming through the window. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just fantastic. Yep. So, and we get Albuquerque next. So I'll, I'm going to keep reading through that just because it's Snyder and Albuquerque together. Yeah. yeah which exactly. is kind of like, which is like you know him and Murphy together. Yeah. It tends to hey, Snyder and Albuquerque, Snyder and Murphy, Snyder and Jock. All combinations I like. Yeah. Snyder and Capullo, for the most part. Yeah. And uh, just another stuff. All right, there uh, you go. Oh. Quickly, I, I really liked Raz's uh, monologue about how, you know, when he was first alive and when he was born, like there was a demon for everything and, and how that yeah, ties that, into who he is. And I did like that. And I like how Batman's like, well, no, there, there are no demons. Yeah. You know, it, it's how you rise from, from bad things, which again, that ties into Batman. It's very yeah. Nolan of him. So yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. point. I forgot. I liked that part. So good on you, Connor. Yeah. Funny. And obviously there was the, the cliffhanger at the end where someone recognized him as Bruce Wayne coming out of all this. Uh-oh. And I'm sure we'll get something that follows up on that. If not in the next arc, then at yeah. some point down the line. Or not. It'll be just quickly explained Here's... away. An issue. It might, but it's longer... the, the whole final page. So how much longer do we think this goes on with with Snyder going to Metal and New Challengers? Um, what was He's it? not a three book guy. He confirmed, did confirm on he, Twitter. It was up to twenty. He had up to actually twenty planned. Okay. Yeah, but you know what he's like. He said that, and then sometimes he goes on further, doesn't he? But that's yeah. that's planned at the minute. So, but I'm just wondering because like Witches took a hit, and he's teased Witches is coming back, and that's American, true. he's not he's not doing American Vampire right now. So no. Yeah. All right, you guys went way over time on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, end of the knock. <laughs> Shut up. All right, so uh, that last book then we've got is Trinity number eight, Cullen Bunn writing and Emanuela Lipacino on the art. Carl, you didn't read this. I couldn't bring myself to. And also, That's... we just before we, I didn't read the backup for All Star either. I didn't get time oh, right, for that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. I, I, I thought maybe I should because there's a big giant Mister Oz on the front. I was like, this looks like it might be important. And I was like, eh, it's well, fun again. Okay. I will say, and not to talk about the other company too much, <laughs> they're talking about changes in reality on the week that Secret Empire came out. I just think it was weird, like, just coincidence. coincidence. Yeah. yeah, it's just... Uh, kind of. Well, I mean, we've been talking about changes in reality in DC now for like a year. So yeah, yeah. But had this came out next week, it wouldn't have been as... Okay. You know, because... Because I dove headfirst into that controversy, reading all that I could about it, yeah. and and so here to read it coming from Superman and and the stuff going on here, which Lupacino is quickly becoming one of my favorite artists, because that's the best part for me of this. I, I, I do need, I the do want to flick through it at least because I art, do like yeah. the art is good, except a couple of moments. It's not necessarily the art that's bad. It's what this maybe the writer has said. Right, I want Batman to do this because there's a moment where Batman's saying. Oh, the, the, the world's really, you can reach out and touch it, and he's got his arms out, and I thought it looked really weird. It was just this really weird panel of... It just felt very yeah. un, out of character for Batman to be doing it this way. It yeah, and, and we all know my bias with Batman, but I think that Bun writes him more of a jerk and less caring yeah. than even I would, you know, cast... Kind of. Do, do you remember this reminded me of? Do you remember that issue of Justice League where... Uh, I think me and Connor were still reading it, or maybe it was me and you were still reading it at that point. And we liked the idea of the issue, but it was they were all trapped underground, and they were talking about in Superman revealed, that was me and you, yeah, yeah, Superman revealed about uh, the Tower of Babel stuff and whatever. 
I like the idea of this issue. I like the idea that this is the first time that Batman and Wonder Woman are hearing from Superman that some someone's altered reality. Something might yeah. be going on. That's, that's essentially what this issue is. It's Superman explaining this and that something might be out there. Something might have completely rewritten the world. Uh, yeah. it, and it plays out as uh, Superman's recounting this dream he had the night before, where he's having like weird memories of all the different realities, and he's fighting New 52 Superman, and then there's a big splash page towards the end where tons of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman... Oh, like, that all, was cool. Yeah, all the different past versions of them all running yeah. at them. Uh, and it was cool, but most of the fight just kind of felt like, eh, this is just killing time while he talks to them. Uh, yeah. But I like that idea, and I like the idea that you have this an entire issue about the conversation with the, the Trinity, the, the three heads. And because the most, the best part of the conversation is towards the end where Batman's like, right, okay, I believe that something's going on, but we do not tell the rest of the Justice League until we yeah. know exactly what's, until we've looked into it more. And Wonder Woman argues and she's like, no, we should be honest, we should be open, but Superman gets what he means and she's fighting it. And then she realizes that they're already starting to argue about telling them. And she's like, well, you're right, Batman. We probably should yeah. keep this because it's going to cause conflict, like almost. Yeah. I mean, it is crisis level. Like yeah. you could see them having this conversation about every thing. I mean, this is how Infinite Crisis kind of started, right? Mm. It was them having a disagreement, not to handle it. I just, so, I'm not sure I really like her backing down. Is it when, especially when truth is kind of her big thing? Well, she brings it up. She yeah, talks, she talks about how her her past has kind of been lied about, and she's going through this as well. She does mention that. But yeah. but again, it's not just the truth. It's we don't need to whip everybody up into a frenzy that. What you think that you know and have gone through isn't exactly what you know and have yeah. gone through. I, I think the, the point I'm getting at, though, I like the idea behind the issue and I like what it's trying to do. It's just the writing Execution. is really clunky and it, it makes for some of these weird moments where I think if you just rewrote Batman and Wonder Woman's dialogue a little bit, it would have been a really interesting issue about the three of them discussing yeah. the possibility that the entire entirety of the universe is messed up and we might have to fight something as a result. Yeah. I kind of felt that last issue where, uh, you know, there's ideas there that I like, but Bond's just not up to standard in terms of dialogue. I think it's where he I falls thought the down. last one was better written than this one. Oh, Christ. That's the thing I think with Bond is he. I, I do like his voice for Superman here. And mm. I like what he has Superman do because even though our Superman and New 52 Superman are fighting, when they throw each other into the Metropolis globe of the Daily Planet, they stop to save everybody. Yeah, yeah. Is so it, they're having this fight, and because the whole, the whole but still the, they're both Supermen. Yeah, the, the whole the whole thing in the fight though is that they don't really know why they're fighting, but they keep yeah. doing it. Because I mean, that's what it's okay. It's a dream, but the whole idea is it's analyzing yeah. what's going on and the idea that the different worlds are at odds with each other. So I like a lot of the ideas that it's playing with. It's just yeah, uh, it was a bit clunky, and some of the well, the decisions they make make sense, but they they don't necessarily justify it with the dialogue. But I understand. Yeah, that. the dialogues poorly written dialogue's the worst part of the issue absolutely so there you go Uh, so so, Mr. Oz shows up at the end and that's it he's on one panel yeah he's he's watching them have this conversation about dealing with him because Superman brings them up and tells them about him so there's been this hooded figure so the the key things to take out of this issue that are important for the ongoing story is that Batman and Wonder Woman now have heard about Oz don't necessarily know his name but they, they know about him and they know that reality might have been altered. Of course, Batman's already hearing some of this from Barry as well, so he's he's getting it on right. both sides. He's he's got all the knowledge right now. He's at the forefront of it all. But that that's the key things to look take away from this. And Oz knows about this. He's watching this conversation play out. That's the important part to take away from it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, so that's all the books. That's this week's books. We got through it. Uh, no, another rare uh, rare week where I've read them all. Like that usually doesn't happen. 
Yeah. Uh, do, do what I think is really funny is Matt sometimes is the one who most more often this is oh I need to cut back. I mean I need, we need to dial uh, down how much we do. And then we give him the option to read less and then he he's the one that comes in and says, Oh I've read everything. I've read everything. I'm I'm catching well, up on books that's I already dropped. Of, well that's because yeah, Superwoman and and Trinity were tie ins else I probably wouldn't have well not tie ins, that aftermath. Yeah, but you're sticking probably with Superwoman now though, right? A little. I'll see. Okay. Depends on the next next month. You know. All right. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Uh, all right. Let's but do it f- will be back. It will be back for Trinity next issue. Yeah. Because it back. is next issue, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Manipole. Yeah, Manipole's yeah. back next issue. You're good. Thank God, about time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, favorites of the week then. Panel is what we usually start with. This is actually really. There's so much good art this week. This was. A, this is a really tough for panel and art, I think. Uh, but panel of the week. Has anyone got one who can jump in immediately? Yes, sort of. I'm, I'm, I'm expanding it to a little bit with, to a, a panel of. sequence again, okay. like we sometimes do. I'm going with the one of the nine-page grids in the fight. Uh, it's the one where it's all the, the yellow and then the the black and the, the little bits of red mm. silhouettes. Okay, those, okay. those just It stands out. Uh, it's, it just, it's just gorgeous amongst everything. It just jumps out of you. That's fair. Uh, Matt, you got one? So, I, I really want to do stuff from the button, but uh, more, I really like the, the stuff in Superman, though, with 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 Blondie force-choking Damien. That was good. Uh, like, I just, uh, all it I was heard, a surprise. All I heard there, Matt, was I was going to pick uh, something from Batman, but then I thought, no, Superman. the Superman. I can't, I can't single one out, though, from, from, you know what? I'm going to, from the button. Oh, here we go. I, I like when, I like when when Zoom shows up the first time, and just catches Batman completely off guard. Oh, he's like, oh Barry, like, you, you, it's not like you to be early. He's like, no, quite exactly. the reverse. Yeah, that's uh, that's my panel. That one's pretty good. All right, nice so is the what Connor picked. It's very tough. <laughs> it's, it's very, very tough. tight. It's a very tight. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. I almost want to be be a little bit different and go with Green Arrow. I, I kind of. I yeah, love I love that, that stuff of him cool. walking in the graveyard with the rain. Like it was just so moody and atmospheric. I just I, I like the way that Freira does motion where yeah. it's the long panel and you they travel through it. I really like that. that it's it's because it's, it's not broken up either. It's just one continuous no. shot. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, it is the comic book equivalent of a one-er. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very much so. Uh, I'm going with that. All right. Uh, so next up, best cover of the week. No hesitation here. No hesitation, Matt. What was? Go for it. It's it, it's Batman. It's the button with half half Batman, half Flash. The lenticular also, which looks great. Uh, it's essentially so, the same cover, just the non-lenticular has them split down the middle rather than. Yeah, 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 yeah. Either way, it looks great though. Like, yeah. No, you know. uh, fair corner. Uh. I'm actually not that much a fan of the split. I, I think it works better as a lenticular than it does as the split. So it kind of bothers me. Left-handed SOB. <laughs> not even left-handed. I know. You are in my brain now, though. You're left-handed ginger. Uh, oh, oh great. threat to the world. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm cheating a little bit. It's it's half a variant. It's half not. It's the, mm-hmm. the, the Batman International Edition. Obviously, there was a whole controversy with well because well there's a whole thing where they're not allowed to use the image in, in yeah, europe so, and europe yeah the, the smiley yeah, face so, can't be on the cover so the the, the cover that, that we've been discussing is only for 
the US and Canada, the rest of the world gets uh, a Janin cover, which I think is just hard gorgeous. to fault I, ju you. I just see it and it, it became my phone background. It was it's just gorgeous. Yeah, it's hard to fault you on that one. Yeah, yes, it is. Look at this little shit abusing a technicality. It's I it's know. not it it is maybe a variant, but it is the main cover for large portions of the world. So I'm counting it. Technicalities. He's he's oh, he's so slimy. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> for me, I'm actually not picking either of those. Oh man, is he going with Batwoman again? I'm going with Batwoman again. That Batwoman cover every time. Is gorgeous. It's a pretty good cover. Gorgeous. Uh, I told you. I told you for the foreseeable future. That's one, and every time it's she, she's so imposing on the on that front oh, it's cover. Great. Yeah. It's so it's so Batman esque because of the, the big sort of cloak and the in the darkness, but then it's got the bright reds of Batwoman. Yeah. And, Oh, it's great. Good. I love. Do you know what I love about the colouring on this artwork right now with Epton? Is I love the all the the harsh contrast that they're, they're playing with. Yeah, I like it because there's a lot of these subdued, you know, browns, uh, you know, greys. There's kind of just normal, very stylized face stuff still, but it's kind of like this is the normal palette, and then every so often you get these striking reds that just jump out. Yeah, liking it. All right. Uh, so, uh, best art of the week then, uh, Matt. Best art of the week. Again, I'm conflicted because I loved Green Arrow, but I also loved Superman and I also loved Batman. So I don't know what to pick. So go, come back to me. I'm going to listen to you guys first. Come on. <laughs> Best I'm, also, I'm also in the place where this oh is a damn God. tough week because on top of all that, you've yeah. got Jock as well. It's like, God damn it. Yeah, um, but well, luckily, overall, I don't enjoy that book. Luckily, I have made a decision for myself, so I, one of us there can pick a pick. I, I am going with Batman 21 overall. Uh, as much as it, it was a great week for art, I mean, obviously, Superman, Green Arrow, I mean, I like Green Lanterns a lot for, for the art this week. Batwoman's fantastic. Like, there was a lot of good art. It was like through and through this week. There, there and they really say artists don't sell books. They <laughs> <laughs> don't move the needle. Uh, but no, I'm going with Batman. It was just as as a whole. I mean, I could have picked a panel from that. I didn't, but like, it's just the entire thing, that entire countdown, the way it w went through. It just it added so much to the tension of the story that I cannot like, I can't not pick it. Yeah, so that's there you go. Matt. Well, then I too am going to pick Batman. <laughs> it's it's Fabok, right? Like you can't. It's Faboculus. Yes, there you go. That was awful. I'm so I'm so sorry. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Connor, pick a goddamn artist so we can end the show. All right, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go Green Arrow. It was it was such a nice return and mm, it, it, that the art carried that issue so much. Uh, yeah, I don't have to put down the writing, but yeah, the, the, the art. Definitely... Well, I, I think it, it, the writing was fine, but the way it split over the the third at the top and the two thirds below mm. and the way it flowed, it was just it was all in the art. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, which takes us on to top fives of the week. Connor, you're, you're getting picked on first. What okay, What is your okay. top five books of the week? Uh, so I'm going with Batman as number one because it was, it was a fantastic start to the button. What can I say? Mm. Uh, two, I'm going to go Green Arrow. Three, Superman. Four... Nightwing, yeah, yeah, it is. Four Nightwing and five All Star Batman. Okay, I'm gonna let Matt go last because if mm -hmm. 
because he's the one who could break the unanimous pick. Because I'm going Batman mm-hmm. at number one. Uh, and then number two, I'm going... I should have thought about this before. <laughs> <laughs> you were so eager to get in there before, Matt, that you forgot to actually I know. think. I know. Usually I think about it as you two are doing it, but I, I want him to go last. Right, so Batman number one, I think I will... You know, I think I'm going to go Batwoman number two. And then Green Arrow. And then... Superman? And then... And then... Yeah, Super Suns, I think. Or Green Lanterns. I don't know. Green Lanterns. No, Green Lanterns number five. Oh, it's a real tough go. week, isn't it? It's a real tough yeah. week. I, I really so, like to so, watch stuff this week. We, we all know my biases, right? I try to put Superman over Batman as much as I can. But and you succeed. But, yeah, well, yeah. So, But here, I've worked myself into a shoot, for reals, because it had my panel, it had the art, uh, it had the cover. So, so I, ba- I have to put Batman at the top. But the saving factor in my brain... That's very fractured. The Saturn Girl's in there. How do I not put the book to the Saturn Girl? <laughs> he's not picking Batman. One. He's picking Saturn Girl. That, that's his, that's yeah. his official and, terminology here. And Batman gets the crap kicked out of him. But he does it in a cool way. So, you know. Yeah, there's no other choice. I'm a continuity wonk on top of it. So, mm. it's a big issue. And then number two is going to be Green Arrow. Because I really did love that issue. That one. Nice. Had Batman not came out and been so strong, it would have been my number one. And then Superman. And then four is going to be Nightwing, five Super Sons. It's potentially the lowest he's ever had Superman. It and is. Three. I know. That's, just, that's quite impressive. I, but hey, if it's because we're having such strong weeks like this, I'm okay with these, these factors. Uh, Joe, Joe, I think it's funny actually sometimes I worry that I'm being too positive across the board but it's because I've dropped the books I don't like so yeah. I feel like some, I'm not I'm not being critical enough but it's because I I only read the ones that are worth reading I like that's, yeah. that's it that's just weird yeah. it's only when they're having like an off issue where I'm like oh, okay right let's, let's pick this apart and, it's especially tough for this week where it feels like they're all all firing all cylinders yeah, yeah. um Obviously, the one exception to that maybe when we do events because we kind of have to cover events because we're a DC podcast. It'd be weird if we didn't. Yeah. And if they suck, then it's like weekly. This this was shit. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how you feel about something like the the Lazarus contract coming up. Yeah, that was good. To be fair, but it does look good. But just I just mean in the sense that up till now you haven't really been following Deathstroke that much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I should be caught up for the crossover though. That's the plan. That's the plan. All right, so I'll just need to tell you what's coming next week then. So obviously we have the next part of the button in the Flash number 21. We also have Detective Comics 955, Action Comics 978, Justice League of America number 5, Wonder Woman number 21, which means there's only four more after that until there's no more Rucka Wonder Woman. Don't! <laughs> Batgirl number 10, Teen Titans number 7, uh, Blue Beetle number 8, Batman Beyond number 7. We also have the third issue of Supergirl Being Super, which I'm really excited about because I've been loving that many. Uh, so that's that's cool. Uh, we also have Batman uh, slash The Shadow number one, uh, which uh, that's Scott Snyder and Steve Orlando. Steve Orlando, who's co-writing that. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. that familiar with The Shadow. I've seen the, the movie, which isn't maybe a great indicator. No, but it's a pulp hero that yeah. has much in common with Batman. I'm so, up for, I'm up for um, trying it certainly. So if, if as uh, I'm definitely so. Yeah, yeah, it. we'll have to give that a little bit of time next week as well uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps number 19 is out uh, and then 
I don't believe anyone will be covering these. Although I don't know if I'm going to get to Blue Beetle either, admittedly. But Suicide Six, Suicide Squad 16 and the Hellblazer issue 9 are also out next week, if you're reading those. Uh, was there any of the things that were delayed from before coming out now? Nothing. Nothing's up there. No, yeah. I'm just scanning for Justice League Power Rangers. Yeah, that, that, that one's been missing. Because I assumed that would be this week because it skipped from last week, but it seems to be pushed even further, which is a shame. But oh. here you go. Uh, yeah. So... There we go, that's uh, what's coming next week. That was a very solid week of comics. Let us know what you thought of these books in the comments below on YouTube, or you can get us on Twitter, mailed underscore fuzz for uh, sort of the, the group as a whole and channel updates for the YouTube stuff, or individual Twitters. Matt's at Matt of Steel 57 Connor's yeah, at ConorRyan94, I'm at Wibble89. Uh, yeah, like and subscribe, five stars, whatever it is you're experiencing the podcast. Uh, helps us out uh, either way, retweet us, that kind of thing. Uh, all of it's cool uh, but no thanks for watching and all listening we always appreciate it we'll see you next time and always remember never get lost in the speed force long live the legion